when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio. Episode, I don't know. I didn't even look it up. I don't need to look it 235, up. 235, am I right? No. 236. Look on 234. your birthday. Oh, because you gave me the wrong number a couple times ago. Look on your chart. I gave A gave you the wrong number a couple times ago. B, Monday's episode didn't have a number. That's right. Oh, there see, that's go. what I was thinking. 234. Yeah, I was like 235. Powerful number. 234. 234. Oh shit. We have yeah. a full house today because it is Natalie's last regular episode of Waypoint Radio. We're very much hoping that she will come guest on future episodes as we need her intelligence and lore mastery. Um, uh, but t- here today, Natalie Watson. Hi, and goodbye. Hi, and goodbye. Aww. Rob Zachney. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> we sure he's not a Scorpio? Are we sure? Let me go back to his chart. Patrick Klepek. <laughs> Look, I just want Rob's uh, clapping powers, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and Danielle Riendo. Aquarius. I don't think people have heard the bit that we did already. I'm getting them ready. You're it's called a, uh, reincorporation when it comes Ooh, in later. This is foreshadowing. Nice. Comedy yeah, term. Yeah, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Oh. If you play the episode on loop, it's like it never ends. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, it's like <laughs> Infinite Jest. It's a it's, recursive I novel. Okay. Okay. We are really the Infinite Jest. Of podcast five star, five star podcast, five star runtime. Kato is here. Hi. Kato showed up. Uh, it also is, an Aquarius. Wow. All right. What? Kato showed up. That's a well, it's like Riku. It's like Riku showed up. Not uh-huh. like I wasn't dragging Kato. Kato's always here. I'm always here. I, we are the ones who showed up. Kato was here already, honestly. Uh, it is Friday, May 10th when you were hearing this. Presumably this is going out tomorrow, I'm guessing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just had a long conversation about astrology, and I'm going to open this podcast with literally the opposite thing. I saw the new Ghost Recon game. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me anything about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, are the guns good? I, wow, were you at the event? <laughs> um, what is the Recon Man's uh, ri- rising sign? Jupiter. Uh, you know, I've... I don't know. I, I, I honestly got very Leo energy for the people giving gotcha. the presentation. Gotcha. Mm. Um, so I saw this game last week, literally the day we were doing Save Point, and uh, I played it for about 20 minutes. I played like one mission. Um, and so, okay. So this is a follow-up to Wildlands. I just want to hit this. I have a lot of questions mm. to get to, but I cannot not talk about the game of preview event that I went to. That is the job that we do. I have to talk about it before I ask you, like, what type of sandwich you would be if you were a sandwich or whatever the questions are that people sent us. Mm-hmm. Um, but start thinking about that one because I'm curious. We've already said the sandwich question. No, that was a question we- that you could have a sandwich named after you, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. This is what if you were a sandwich. Oh, okay. you were. Well, hmm. Those are different things. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I don't So want, we're at a point now. I'm at a different – Who? what I want to eat is not who I am. Yeah. 
Totally. I understand that. You are what you eat. But though. you're making it named after you, so it doesn't represent you? I'm not. Uh, yeah, but there are things I would represent. I, if I could, if I could be like, hey, here's a thing that exists in the world that is with my name so wait, on you're, it. So you're I talking about it. the ideal self versus yeah, actual versus self? versus actual self. I think yeah. the sandwich you like, are. This actually is the sandwich Damn. I am. Yeah. You're right. We should apologize to people for talking about video games instead of <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> we'll come back to this. We'll wrap it back around. Ghost Recon. Uh-huh. Uh, Breakpoint is a follow-up to Wildlands, mm-hmm. which means it's another open-world action game. Mm-hmm. It's another game. It's like it's very much following in on Wildlands, kind of like uh, uh, big um, open-world stealth action military military and also game co-op thing. focused, right? So like explicitly yes. different than than other Ubisoft games, which may have multiplayer elements, but Wildlands was like a specific tangent in that. Yes, you could play it by yourself, but it was obviously a game designed yeah. to play be played with other people. It's really funny, actually, because this one is setting up – you can absolutely play it with multiplayer, and it weirdly, tonally makes no sense to me that you would. But I think that's the way most people are going to play it. Mm. The premise of this game is – so last week, uh, Ubisoft rolled out a DLC uh, uh, for Wildlands. That was starring uh, what is his name? The dude who played I want to say he played the the Punisher on Netflix. What's his name? Oh, John Anna. John. Is that his? Yeah, who nailed it. Got it. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. That's it. Is that it? John Anna. John Anna. Uh huh. I'm looking up because I'm not going to get this this man's name wrong. And also, is he going to hunt you down? John. He might. John Bernthal. Is his name? That's what I meant. Uh huh. <laughs> John Bernthal. So they put out a, a piece of Wildlands. <laughs> they put out uh, Wildlands DLC with this guy John Bernthal playing a ghost, playing one of the the another military military operative, and you do like you know some missions with him. And then today or yesterday, whenever the reveal hit, uh, they revealed he's the bad guy in the next game. <gasps> no, which is honestly like. If this was a series I cared about, if this was like Watchdogs and I they added Watchdogs to DLC, you know, and there was like, hey, here's a cool character you can play with, and we got an actor you really like. Rami Malik is starring as Mr. Robot in mm. Watch Dogs 2 or whatever. Okay. I don't like Rami Malik all that much. But like, it would still be like you, that Rami would still be Malik a get. Stand? That would be a get though. Right. What's them. wrong with Rami Malik? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. He did that ad. That ad threw me all the way off. Dude. <laughs> Sam, Sam. Just that ad? What are you talking about? I can't, that made that, that ad is me fucking to Rami great. Malik. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't, I, what but, ad? I can't, hold on, hold on. I'm not opposed to him. I'm just saying he. I can't stand him. What? Such a chaotic energy. Uh, there was an ad that he did for Mandarin a Oriental. Hotel. What is it? Mandarin Oriental. You gotta I'm watch it. it. It's amazing. It. It's Have you not such seen it? Such a good no. ad. It's oh so weird. Hold on. Do you want to pull it up? Yeah. We might. What have are we it. doing? This is morning. This is a podcast. I have it. I'm sending it to you. Give it she to asked me. how the guns were. I could have just said they were good. <laughs> we could have just. We could have just moved on. <laughs> are they actually good though? They felt okay. Like my actual well, answer what, is what do we mean by good? Oh my god! Is okay. the setting Certainly not morally? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have this ad. Right, Here, to, I'm putting it I'm in very sorry that I'm not in with the culture in the discourse, oh, but I do god. need to see this ad. I'm gonna cover up, uh, cover up these videos over here. That's fine. Y'all got the link? Yep. Yeah. Do you want to count us in, Natalie? Oh, is yeah. Going to be an ad. Ready? When no, I say right. Natalie is, but, but wait, hold on. Yeah. Can you establish the rules because you deeply <laughs> yeah, changed do not... them the last time we did this? <laughs> I didn't change them. Well, what happened? I was past episode. I just I said yeah. okay. three, two, go, and then I said no. When I first <laughs> <What>? started, 
when I first the yeah. first time I said I'm gonna go, I said click on zero, and I said three, two, one, zero. No. What did I say? No. You said three, two, zero or something, and we were oh. like, what? Yeah, you skipped a number. <laughs> you By the way, people number. go on one are assholes. Austin's yeah, mad at me. Uh, this is you never bad. go on one. <laughs> yeah, one is go. one is like it's green light, and then you hit the gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, hit, yeah. You're not pressing you're, the gas yeah. on yellow. Oh, I know what wow, I did. Okay, I know what I did. Anyway. I know <laughs> what I did. I said we're gonna go on zero, and I said three, two, one, go zero. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't no, remember. that tracks. That tracks. No, you I said added, no, no, no. I'm gonna do the count. 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 And I said three, two, one, zero, go. There it is. I okay. Right. Ready? Like yeah. Anyway. Ready? Yeah. Three, two. What are, you, what what are, are we going doing? on? We're on go, which will come after one, the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> oh, I know what I actually did. I remember. You did it twice. Is the thing. No, this the is thing like Rashomon with the shittiest thing possible. The thing that I said is we're gonna go on click. How do we add count? Three, two, one, zero, click. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready, Kato? Yeah. Rob and Patrick. Three, two, one, go. It's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, his eyes. He kills people <laughs> and eats their fingernails. <laughs> He's eating one right now. I don't He's like holding in a fart this whole time. <laughs> He's trying so hard. This is the worst Tinder bio of all it's time. It's the fucking worst. Oh, I hate him. He's a fan of mischief. <laughs> He's a fan of mischief. <laughs> <laughs> this slow zoom in is oh, so god awful. It, it, it gives me bad vibes. Oh my god. How many times do you think they shot that? I hope a bunch. That's I want. I want to see the cutting room floor footage. Give yeah. me the hundred so outtakes. So bad. I want to know if he did. He list other things and other takes that he yes, liked. Yes, a hundred percent. I think they were probably just be. like say yeah. what you're a fan of. Just say. And it. he was just like. And this is just the least disturbing shit they could string together. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's oh why God. we can't stand Rami. Anyway, Malik. my point is, if it had been Rami, he's going to be a good Bond villain. I'm excited. Oh for yeah, it. totally. Wait, is that announced or are you yeah. just? Yeah. I think. Oh, that's uh, good. He's a that good Bond villain. does to Flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, you I can't do that when I got coffee in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so John Bernthal, who is not Rami Malek, was in this DLC <laughs> and is now going to be the villain in Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint. Um, here's why I say that it's weird that, like, yes, it is this... Multiplayer focused game was Wildlands. It's what separated it. That and also the cease and desist letters. Basically, I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing or I'm, I'm hyperbolizing from Bolivia that were like, "Yo, fucking chill. Yeah. You can't just set your game in a in a Latin American country and say that there it has a serious problem with drug cartels." It, this is oh fuck off and yeah. and that was a real problem mm-hmm. this game not set in, in a real place okay. not okay. about taking down a drug cartel Good. it's now in 
Jolivia. It's in Jolivia. Yeah. Okay. No, it's on the like Auroran Peninsula question mark question mark. It's a fake place. Okay. It's a tech billionaire's like island. Okay. Basically. The premise mm-hmm. of this game is what if drones but bad? So real there's life. a tech billionaire who so built life. a lot of drones to help people by carrying medicine to them and doing, you know, the sort of – there's a degree to which this part of it absolutely works for me because they sell you on this dude who is just like tech tech bro oblivious about what do you mean my, my technology could be used for bad? It's also just like four years too late. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but the, the premise is fine, that part of it. I mean except for the part where the, the real – the way it turns is – then John Bernthal, who's a bad guy, good guy. He's a, he's you, but he's bad. Mm. Uh, Love a good antihero. Yeah, he takes the drones and goes. These could be these weapons. I can use <laughs> these for weapons. So they just put the the they put the guns on them. In the game. Uh, Do in you the game. fly drones? Yeah, of course you fly drones. It's a Ghost Recon game. You're Mr. Drones. I don't know shit about. You Ghost could level Recon up and games. be a Mr. Drone if you want to. Mr. Drones. Uh, so there. So. The, the reason I say, again, that there's a disconnect between the multiplayer side and the kind of single playing into the single player is in the single player, I mean, really in the messaging around the game in general, it's about being alone. It's about being like um, uh, uh, being pushed to your breakpoint. <laughs> Hence the name Breakpoint. It's a game that they're like, this is about survival. This is about uh, – this is not about a pure power fantasy where you are the most powerful thing out there. The ghosts are up against their most – Powerful foe yet, uh, quote unquote. Congressional oversight. <laughs> if only. How um, many snakes can you eat? So, like, <laughs> eating is a thing in this game. Yeah. Drinking is a thing in this game. Managing your stamina. Um, uh, keeping your guns clean. Um, finding oh, no. uh, bivouacs. So the thing that they're doing is the same thing that – what game did this recently? Uh, Red Dead. Where mm. cleaning your guns gives you a buff, but it will not cleaning them will never bring them down below mm. a weaker thing. But they're trying to make Monster Hunter World, right? They are trying to make Monster Hunter World, but you shoot drones and you shoot like – private security companies, uh, you, you know, et cetera. Um, you kind of get – you kind of crash land on this tech island because the tech billionaire's island goes dark. Everyone's like, uh-oh, that's probably bad. That's where he makes the drones. Oh, no. <laughs> so you get sent in to clean it up and like investigate. You get shot down on your way in uh, and then you have to begin investigating. There's lots of like big picture promises that they're making around game structure. Um, you don't get missions. You don't like get missions from a handler. It doesn't do like the GTA thing where you go to a spot and then a mission starts, or even the Wildlands thing. What you get is information, and the information might be like, yeah, there's a roboticist we can rescue from a facility in the you, you know the the Northwest Forest or whatever. So you go over and you put a spot on your on the Northwest Forest, or like maybe you it's become a mission, but it doesn't tell you where it is. It doesn't just pop a waypoint on the map automatically. You have to go explore. They're like emphasizing this idea of. You versus nature. You you are – we talk to all of these special operatives and all of them say, yeah, the game is good but it's not as tense and, and, and real as it is out there on the ground. Where Do they talk to always, fucking Bear Grylls? They, yeah, they talk to like – I mean so the writer is an ex-special ops guy. Gotcha. Um, uh, I forget what his name is. Emil I think is his name. Uh, Emil – I have notes. Emil Debon who was a former Green Beret. Um, so like the vibe that they're going for is something that is at least like, you know, for me, my drag dragon's dog, my loving ass, my monster hunter world, loving ass. Like 
I want to go to a bivouac in the middle of the woods with my friends and decide what to cook and eat before we go on a mission. Mm -hmm. Um, How influential is that stuff going to be, though? So there's some cool stuff. There's some so like in Monster Hunter World, for example, for people who haven't played that, like you cannot meaningfully play that game beyond like a pretty early point without investing in buffs. Now, you know you can. There are player higher level players have very specific buffs that they cater to. So yes. like a very specific way they like eat uh, in order to before they go on a mission. What we did, there's kind of just like give me the a, best a generic thing. like a generic one that kind of helps all stats and like you you can get through the main game pretty fine. So like where does this game fall on like the Monster Hunter Breath of the Wild? Like how yeah. integral because that would make it meaningfully different. Where it's not as far as like a survival game that you download on Steam that people. You have to, like, it is not that a hundred percent. It is. Um, it is the way that we. So I talked to the creative director on the game, and um, uh, what he was basically saying was, we tried to focus on, with some exceptions, about about it being buffs, not about ever being things that take away. Mm-hmm. Um, though, like wounds are really interesting in this. If you get like knocked down, you get a permanent wound. Until you can go do a real heal, right? Or you can mm. you can craft items that can actually heal you and bring your maximum health back up. But like if you get knocked down and Danielle reses me because you're an EMT, that's what you would do. Yep. Uh, I will have like one less health bar of my mm. three health bars or whatever. I like that. Um, until you yeah. either you know burn a, a good healing item that you've crafted or get back to a camp point with your friends and can spend your downtime action. It's what it looked like anyway. Actually doing that heal. It, it's not a hundred percent clear how many of those actions you get it reminded me of like uh darkest dungeon a little bit where it's like hey when everyone gets to the camp each person in the party gets to do a thing do you want to upgrade your gun do you want to like uh, make a drink so that you're you get a stamina boost for this next thing so you can sprint further um there are classes in this game which were not there was not a thing in wildlands i Mm. kata did you play some wildlands no okay specifically because of the (laughs) this is right yeah Uh, under fucking standably right um the there are classes in this game and you'd pick them at campsites. You can switch between them based on the mission you're about to do. So one of the examples was someone who's basically a break breaking and entry specialist who could who got an ability to cut through wire fences. And so it's like, okay, well, that opens up an entirely new means of attack for this next mission where we're breaching a, a, you know, a secure outpost. We're just going to sneak around the back and literally just cut a hole in this fence and go through that way versus someone who has like drone specialization. Are you mm-hmm. acquiring like stats within each yes. class? So like you're you leveling can... up, you're getting new abilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you can still switch between them, but you can have like classes that you spent more time 100% in. hundred percent that. Are, that. Like, That's more... what it seems like anyway. Like the idea was, hey, Natalie, you really like explosives, high explosives. So you're going to focus on that class. But then if we get a stealth mission, for that one mission, you're gonna like spec out. You're gonna mm. switch over to the other okay. class. I'll do it. You're do- thank you. <laughs> um, they really want you to think about Rainbow Six Siege. They're like, that's the model. They're gonna keep adding classes to this game. Huh. They're gonna keep adding DLC in that way. Um, the other thing that really separates this from Wildlands, and this is why I brought you up, Kato, is mm. there's loot in this game. Oh, good. The, num- <laughs> good. the numbers they go up. Hell yeah. Um, Love good numbers. The, uh, if I'm being like fully, truly honest, so I bounced really hard off of the division. This feels like it's fucking eating the division's lunch mm-hmm. uh, to some degree in that the thing that would make me play the division, my roommate's deep into the division right now. When I check in on him, some of the stuff that he likes is is pretty unique to the division. He likes the PVP stuff. He likes the dark zones. This doesn't seem mm-hmm. to have anything like that, to be clear. But what he really likes and what I really still, what pulled me through the first game of the division was 
the numbers going up, was feeling mm-hmm. like I was producing a really interesting build and making my character better. And the idea that, like, this game is going to do that also and probably do it f- fairly well, I suspect it will find a pretty big audience, especially if you were someone who was, like, turned off by the Bolivia stuff, turned off by, like, it's not just the Bolivia stuff, to be right. clear. That game really, really worked inside of the world of shitty racist tropes, uh, like, deeply uh, anti-Latinx, like, very fucked up stuff in that game uh, around its depiction of of uh, Latinx people and like uh, Latin American culture and mm-hmm. weird like um, um, kind of like bundling of multiple mm-hmm. Central and South American cultures into one place. The blending of like, well, Bolivia is basically just Mexico, right? And it's like, oh, please, you have got to fucking chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that stuff sucked. Yeah, uh, and yeah. so they're they're pivoting really hard away from that. Not in a way that I'm like, yay, you did a good, but like. In a way that feels very commercially minded, it feels mm. very much like, all right, we're going to go a different direction and not get a letter from a government. <laughs> um, well, also, if you just don't think you can handle that stuff subtly, just like pull, just pull out, just go do go to imaginary land and try and right, totally yeah, put yourself Aurora out Peninsula. there. Just the, Aurora, the yes. Aurora Peninsula, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Um, some other important notes. One I've written down here. You brought up Breath of the Wild. I've wrote, I've written down here Breath of the Wildlands. Oh! I'm pretty sure we're gonna get 13 headlines that say that. Um, they are taking. That's like a great. That's a great way to get me interested in a game that I had Honestly? zero interest. Though. I know. Uh, there if was that some, ends up being anywhere meaningfully true. Uh, yeah. Well, and we'll see because you're, you're, to your point and to Rob's point earlier too, both of you, then you get into a gunfight and it's this game where you're getting into a gunfight and like. Is it fun? Uh, does the gun well, but that, the, the point then would be because, like, what I start wondering is like, is the meaningful, like, because the class differentiation is going to be what, like, like, is the heart of this game if they're going for like, look, we're siege, but like, what if big open map, right? Um, and at that point, is 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 it flat in terms of the difference between the classes in the moment to moment combat, and right. the only time that's different is in the approach, which could be fine, right? Like, where the game is like, look, like. You've got an explosives person, you've got a stealth person, and then, but once once so, the fireworks start, you're all sort of on the same, like, but that seems less interesting than, I have not played Siege, but, like, th- my understanding of people who really like that game is that the moment-to-moment combat yeah. is meaningfully different on a class-level basis to the point where it often feels like you're playing a different you know, different genre of game if you were to, like, apply that to, like, how we typically think of first-person shooters. The... The thing that they were hammering on here was less about the class differentiation, which they did talk about, and more about the feeling of being outmaneuvered and outgunned. It's the first time ever the ghosts have been are, – are on the, the weekend of the spectrum or whatever. Um, they are – you are being hunted by an enemy platoon that is – that has all your abilities. It has all of your like techniques and that there's a bunch of them. So it's like – in the middle of a mission, in the middle of the mission, they showed us there was a scripted moment where this enemy group shows up. Um, I think they're called the Wolves or something. That's similarly kind of corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Wolves. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's Tom Clancy. You know what I mean? Why does he make so many games? He's still here with us today, but he's alive in a digital form. And so all he can do is make new games to communicate to us. So he is the ghost. He's the true ghost. He's a digital ghost. He has a problem with, you know, actually moving physical objects. Right. Because he's, because of how he passed. But in the digital world. But in the real world, he died. But in the digital world, he's alive and well and making video games forever. Um, Why? Because it's a brand. Is Tom yeah. Clancy just a brand? 
at yeah, this point, yeah, yes. It's all yes. books. Yeah, yeah. He wrote he wrote a bunch of books it, when he was alive. It just means military. Yeah, it yeah. means like military. Yeah. I mean, authentic Rob. military. Thank you. Yeah, authentic military with like a dash of like, like near future espionage mm-hmm. shit. You know. Uh huh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Tom Clancy. Are there ghosts in Ghost? No, the ghosts are soldiers. Who are, are there quiet. any? Ghosts. There's like regrets from the past, like in the one cutscene I saw mm. where John Bernthal had some regrets Personal from the past. Ghosts. Personal ghosts. Right? If only we'd had a murder drone. <laughs> God damn. There's like more ghosts. Said, the, the team other thing would that, still be alive. The thing that they were trying to get across was like, this is the first time that we've had a story in our games that matters to us. Uh, huh. This is interesting. Oh, yeah, he's that a, last that's one honest. <laughs> you know, well. he's a Far Cry villain. Is the thing he is. Mm. He's like John Bernthal's character, the villain in this game. They are like, mm-hmm. he is charismatic and he has a philosophy of life. And you're gonna see that he's out. I and mean, he shows up in the in the uh, he he's shows the up in Elon the CG trailer. No, he's not the Elon Musk guy. He's the guy who stole the drones from the Elon Musk. Guy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, who knows why? But he shows up in the CG trailer, which, by the way, has. Uh, has a bad cover of Karma Police in it. Oh! <laughs> um, and the the trailer is, has this moment that I think is supposed to be really, really strong, and it just doesn't work for me, where the whole trailer is the person, is the, your main character is Mr. Ghost or whatever. Uh, he's a name, Nomad. Snake. Um, Nomad Snake. Ghost. Yeah, Snake. Yeah, thank you. Snake Eater, please. <laughs> Mr. Snake Eater, who has a big beard, and he's like, we're ghosts. We go where the fighting is. We Nothing can stand between us and a target. You got a mountain, but we can climb it. Got, <laughs> is it snowy? I'm not that cold. And, <laughs> I'm a, and that's why we're ghosts. And then it cuts, like the camera pans across this island and goes and finds like a, a big dam. And on that dam is another ghost squad. It's the wolves, mm-hmm. John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. And John Bernthal turns and looks in the camera and he goes, I'm a ghost too. <laughs> and that's the end of the cutscenes, the end of the trailer. And that part doesn't didn't quite land. So we'll see. I wonder why. I don't know. So I've played a lot of video games and seen a lot of movies, a Mm -hmm. lot of TV, read some books. Okay. Um, (laughs) Where is this going? I've seen a lot of ghosts. Okay. I don't really think that's what ghosts are like. It's not. It's like a military situation. I know. Because they're quiet. They get in, they get out. Ghost recon. It's like reconnaissance that's so good. But ghosts aren't like getting in. So it's more like they're ghosting in your mentions. Oh. They're ghosting- Okay. Yeah. They're ghosting after they get their recon. They get their after recon and they, they ghost. Yeah. Ghost. It's slang, Natalie. Maybe you wouldn't. So care. the thing is, Ghost Recon, like, and this is the weird thing. Ghost Recon is originally kind of a stealth series. Yes. Like this is, and this is the thing that's kind of gotten lost over time. Is I should, like Ghost did Recon. You play, won. Did you play Wildlands? No. Yeah. At all? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like an incredible. What's the way to put this? <laughs> It was an incredible like structure of a game built on just a just a completely rotten foundation. Yeah. Uh, but like it was spectacular and kind of breathtaking in a way. It was just couldn't help but keep reminding you of how uh, ill conceived and insensitive the entire thing was. But Ghost Recon One, if you go back to that, the whole idea was that it was a it was a first-person shooter where, in general, you didn't want to be getting in shootouts. That was the funny thing. Like, the entire game was about uh, 
setting up engagements in a way that you couldn't possibly lose them or be right. in any danger. And so it was about like sort of scouting out the map and figuring out where the most advantageous like moment and position was to open fire from. They were really good games, but I think the funny thing is the 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 big part of it is you were carrying around all these like high-tech near future weapons and a lot of times the shootouts would last like a few seconds at most with the exception mm-hmm. of some like really like wild missions. Um, and since then it feels like the entire series first its solution was, well, we just need more shooting. It needs to be more traditional right, shooter. Right. Uh, and it was sort of like moving in more of a military shooter direction. And now we've ended up at this place where they're kind of trying to reinvent it as this open world shooter, but that's intention with that's both intention with the other things like Ubisoft makes It's it's like, what, where, where does this fit? Yeah. But also I think it sits really uneasily with what the ghost recon series has tended to be where you have this idea of, you have a tactical puzzle an environment you're supposed to go into and accomplish a mission. And that allows for some like sort of, tightness of design some intent some specificity but as you broaden that out and create this open world thing you begin uh you've basically created another shooting gallery theme park Mm. but with all the self-seriousness of like tom clancy stuff at its worst and i don't know i don't know how like i understand why they would want to be channeling uh the like rainbow six siege i get it it's very successful but like, but I don't know. But like, what Patrick is raising here, though, is like, Rainbow Six Siege has such small constrained spaces mm-hmm. that it's very easy to have like really impactful class changes and how they affect each battle. It's a it's it's a game built around rounds and and the sort of structure that imparts. Man, I have a harder time imagining how that doesn't flatten out the minute you've created, you put that in the context of a game where it's like, you've got the entire Aurora Peninsula here to go fuck shit up. Yeah. And in general, like what does, like what does that mean? Cause usually what that means is you're finding pods of enemies and just murdering the shit out of them, which you can do in any game. Yeah. So I think the things that for me, the big question ends up being whether or not they are, are really investing in that feeling of unpredictability and weakness on the player side. That is the thing that was missing from my gameplay demo was like all the conversation around it of you reaching your break point and you mm-hmm. being hunted and at any time the wolves can find you and can chase you down. And, you know, I, I again, I asked the creative director on this and he said like, you know, yeah, you saw a scripted sequence where they interrupted you, but at any point in the game, you could just wander into a wolf patrol, et that cetera. And, and that, if that stuff actually blows up in your face and you're doing the Breath of the Wild thing, there's like, oh my God, everything is falling around, falling apart around me. How do I get myself out of this sticky situation? I'm really interested in that. It's just a matter of, or the Far Cry 2 thing, right? But in playing it, it didn't feel that way to me. Mm. I took hits and the hits hurt. Like, I will say that, like, I was in gunfights and gunfights do feel, and I felt like this was true for Wildlands too. You are you are not, like, a, a walking super, tank. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask about that. If, like, the, the player character feels vulnerable and, like, weak and if, like, gun, like, if it feels more, 
not realistic, but like you're not some sort of superhuman yeah. that can just take a like ten yeah, shots. Yeah, it is not just a straight shooter in the sense of a third person shooter. That's right. you know whatever. I mean, I was going to compare it to the Division Two, but the Division Two was actually you're pretty paper thin in that too for the first bits of that game. But the Division One was a game where I felt like I could kind of stand out in the open. It was a it's a cover based shooter, but I was still able to to manage most gunfights mm-hmm. by playing really sloppy. Yeah, Wildlands, uh, I didn't feel that way. And here again, I played one little tiny mission. Yeah. Being out in the open was a bad place to be. You're being swarmed by enemies was a bad place to be. And unlike the division, it seems like Breakpoint really will punish you from dropping because your health will get lower and lower as your teammates res you, right? Oh, right, right. Um, so, but, but I don't know that that's going to combine enough with just what is the action to make it something that feels – that creates that same sense that I think people find in something like Siege. Um, they are launching with PvP, which is – you know, in a world where I have played major games in the last year, I've played, I don't know, if it wasn't Forza, it was, um, what was the, was the Crew 2, also oh. from Ubisoft, launched without, like, real ranked racing, like, uh, uh, multiplayer racing in it. The idea <laughs> that, like, hey, here's this big open world game, and also here is some PvP, like a PvP mode, was like, oh, okay, like, you are really going to try to go for that audience. The audience that just picks a game and sticks with it for a year, and... This is the one thing that they play every night with their friends, games of service, whatever the cost, you know? Um, so is that a different mode then entirely or does it exist somewhere within the – I think it's a different – I think it's a different um, – you know, can't, can't – who could say? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Probably someone who got clarity on that instead of asking the question on labor, which was uh, – so I asked the creative yeah. director on like, hey, you've made a game called Breakpoint. Uh, so – how do you make sure you don't hit your breakpoint and your team's breakpoint? Yeah. Like you made a game that's literally Good. no fucking listen. Good. They literally made a game Good. all about how people are pushed to the brink. Did you push your team to the brink doing this? And his answer was, "We have very good technology." Um, to paraphrase, was like, "We have a really optimized workflow. We have technology that makes our jobs quicker and easier." It was not a great answer. Um, was he uh, the tech? Bro? We used drones. He was not the tech. On bro. Aurora. No, he was not. But I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of those questions where it was clear he was like, I can't speak at length about this. Like it was not a thing that he could Which dive Red deep Star- into. It is Redstorm, right? I'm not sure. Uh, who? Yeah, who does? Who made Wildlands? It's the same team. Um, Ubisoft okay. has a million. Yeah. Companies, right. Because yeah. I mean, the original like Redstorm Entertainment, I think, was a uh, North Carolina. Right, outfit. that is Correct. that is true. Uh, yeah, and I think that is still this kind is of like Paris, I believe. Ubisoft Paris. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. The most important note here that I wrote was honestly, I'm bored, and also I think this is going to eat the division's lunch. So, like, I think this game is going to find a big audience. I don't know that I'm in that audience. Um, but if you like being vaguely bored in a military shooter, but just didn't feel I mean, vaguely look, bored enough with the division two, like, I'll put it. There's raids. This game is going to have raids, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. See? And one of those raids <laughs> is like fighting big <laughs> robots, fighting shit. robots, defending a volcano. Kato, you don't have to be this way. Ah, but you do. And then, like He doesn't, but there are lots of people like Kato who are yeah. like raids. I get to fight a robot that's defending a volcano base. Like, yeah, okay. There's an audience for that in this, in this world. I get where the 
Kado, respect yourself. I cannot. Kado, I love have yourself. To, I have to at least love look yourself. at it. I need to know. I cannot know. Can you talk about That's this fair. a little bit? Like, what is the? Uh, I, I think I know what it is, but I'd love for you, the yeah. person who loves raids, yeah. to talk about this and why this is something that does get you excited, even though you're like, fuck off, Tom Clancy. <laughs> I would it's, just like to say before you say that you've never raided with me in fucking Kingdom Hearts Union <gasps> Cross. Yo, once. look, okay, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to level up. I'm well, Kato's a pro. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Don't drag we me, Rob, while catch... dragging Kato. Yeah, exactly. No, Natalie's ahead of me. I'm There's lagging behind. There's a point behind. you can't play pickup games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. Shout outs to my friends I can't play with anymore. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> How many drags are we at? We were playing. We were playing Uno where you can stack, <laughs> yeah. draw fours right now. Yeah. That's what's happening. I hate it. Uh, also, a good name for a podcast. <laughs> Cut that. Something. Of, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Marked. Good. Uh, so the the thing about raids for me is always that. Um. A, a well-designed one, right, uh, has to take into account the amount of players that it requires, and it always comes that like that that tends to ex- like you know expand the like verbs that you're normally doing to in in these games, like on average, to like the nth degree, depending on how how creative the mechanics can get, and the sense of being in a group. And everyone having a, a a set aside role. The cooperation itself is fun past the point of like, oh yeah, it's fun to play with friends when you're just doing like regular stuff. And like, you know, it's a little harder because there's more of us. But the difference being like, no, we all need to be doing specific things. Right. That mm. like we've discussed ahead of time and like are making plans in, in, a, in a way that like when things aren't designed for multiple people, but get scaled for multiple people it's very different mm. than like being like we know there have to be six people in this room and they all need to be doing something different right yeah. like that experience is like you know rating is the only place where you can like where you find those sorts of things usually for the like shooters and stuff like normally shooters are very like individual like you can just play through with your uh, on your own and if you bring in a friend we scale it up with like how much damage the enemies are doing right. to like do that but like the mechanically is normally not always like we know you're always going to have four people for everything right right it's like a teamwork thing yeah it's it absolutely like, like yeah. cooperation and like the the like the sense of like you're doing new things because there's so many people that you have to make up new things to do Nice. Like at least in Destiny, they've always been interesting because because of the way they they uh, like the ways they figure out to to make new mechanics with the same verbs is weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like yeah. you don't they don't actually even change the verbs normally. It's just like the way that they twist these verbs to like mean something different in a, in a new context. Yeah, yeah. Totally. it reminds me. Of, yeah. It reminds me of watching you playing uh, that one Destiny Two Ray that you like did over last year. You yeah. streamed yeah. on Waypoint for like over a weekend. Yeah, or two something. weekends. Yeah, it was like <laughs> two weekends. And watching that was so fascinating because, like, as you were doing something and the way that you were communicating with your teammates, like everybody was doing something different to achieve a goal, and yeah. it wasn't like. If you had had one less person, it would have made such a world of a difference yeah. because each person is so vital to be able to accomplish, like, the steps 
like necessary Absolutely. to take to advance forward. And something so. about that, like being in a group, it's like the the like hell yeah of like accomplishing something difficult expanded to hell yeah we did this together. We expand we yeah. did something difficult yeah. and also coordinated to do something yeah. difficult. Right. Yeah. Feels really really right. cool. That's awesome. It is interesting for me. Part of this, there was that moment when we there were moments in gaming where you look around and it feels like everyone is chasing one thing. Everyone is chasing Battle Royale last year. Everyone is chasing Minecraft a few years ago or chasing Stardew. And a decade ago, more than that now, I guess, you know, uh, 11 years ago. But yeah, a decade ago, it was World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. It was this idea of like, hey, MMOs are the future, monthly subscriptions. And that didn't quite come to pass. But it is so fascinating to see the stuff that did – blend out into other games, yeah. not only from people who go, not from people going, I want to make a Warcraft clone or I want to make a game that, that takes some of Warcraft's audience, but partially because language moved through culture in such a way, and I don't just mean words, I mean like gameplay language, yeah. where certain, so many people played WoW, so many people played mm -hmm. WoW, mm -hmm. that things like the word DPS started to mean something. Yeah. Like uh, things like raids, things like damage over time, like all of these terms that were already existed in games. WoW didn't invent those games or those terms or those ideas uh, if, if in a large part. Some, they're not saying that WoW didn't invent certain things, right. you know, but like those key ones were popular but niche. And WoW was such a big success that now games that are aimed at, you know, millions of players who are, that are not just kind of niche RPGs or whatever – are leaning into that those parts of what made WoW successful yeah. or, or those things that were core to what that game was. And the only reason I bring this up is because it can be so easy to think we've moved out of the realm of influence. And what I'm really curious about is a decade from now, what are the games that have – in, uh, inherited something from Stardew Valley, have inherited stuff from, from PUBG and Fortnite, have inherited stuff from Minecraft that we can't even quite anticipate yet. Because a decade ago, looking at Ghost Recon, what I don't think we would have said was this game is eventually going to become a class-based game with raids. Mm, yeah. um, that is just like not what we would have I wouldn't have conceptualized it yeah. probably. If you said it to me, I think it would have clicked in place. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, whatever. I'm 24 and I don't <laughs> have any spending money, but I'll, I would, I'll stare at it at GameStop. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rob, it looks like you have something but, here. I don't know, but I find it really interesting that so 10 years ago, like the place for something like this, partly it's, it, it is wow, it's, it's MMOs, but also it's games like Left 4 Dead, where yeah, you're totally doing on the hardest difficulty, yep, and yep. you just have sort of the self-contained like uh, campaign of your run with your friends. Uh, later on, you see this model adapted really successfully to something like Payday 2, right? Mm -hmm. Where every mission is increasingly kind of designed a bit like a raid. But again, it's sort of self-contained. We want the raid experience. We want that cooperative moment. Uh, let's all go and play this mission. Um, what I find so interesting and a little bit menacing, I suppose, about this moment uh, in general is that now you can't opt. You, you can't just opt in to that experience. You can't just say, yes. I'm going to go play the game where I have that experience. Hey, you guys want to do the uh, jewelry heist and payday tonight? Let's let's go give it a shot. Uh, payday one's uh, jewel heist, not the Great. not the opening one in payday two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, totally. Uh, but you don't get that as much anymore. Instead, what you get is okay. This game is going to have raids, so you can have that higher level play. 
but also we're just going to give you this endless expanse of like really flat experience to go around it, right? So you have the raid for 60 hours. Spiky, difficult. Yeah. And then once you're done with the raid, you go back out into the world and I don't know, just wander around and kill some random guards who are patrolling. That's what the loot is for, Rob. The loot is to inject those moments of flatness with spikes of activity that you actually care about. Like, and I'm not, this is not a defense of the design. This is trying to unfold the thing that you're saying. Wildlands did not have that. Wildlands did not have, I mean, Left 4 Dead didn't have that. Left 4 Dead had, you play these same campaigns over and over with friends, and the AI director feeds zombies in in different ways, and maybe you have a slightly different experience, and you have a good time with your friends because it's 2010 or whatever, 2009, and you're, like, happy to just play a video game without the numbers going up. Uh, but by the time you hit payday, it's like, well, I want progression. I want some degree of, of forward momentum, and I want I want to see growth, yeah. and et cetera. Um, it's like all of – it's like the reason I bring up the WoW thing is only because it's important to think about all of the engines of momentum, all of the things that drove towards this gameplay design. It wasn't just like some people at Ubisoft going like, what if we added loot? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm, like – it's yeah. explicitly we want to make a game that someone's going to play for 500 hours. And to do that, we need there to be more reasons to play for 500 hours that are not just quote-unquote pure content. But also – I'm sure this game is going to have a ton of content. I'm sure this game is going to be – and I don't – again, I don't mean that in the back-of-the-box checkmark way. Austin Walker says this game has a ton of content. <laughs> there it is. Um, content. In the sense Wait that like twice. people are I, – I, again, have no idea what the work conditions are on a game like this. But the scale of these games is baffling to me. They are so massive. And the the realities that go into producing things like this and to, as we've seen with Fortnite, like to try to keep up with that churn if you do have – a kind of incompetent, you know, management structure in place can really have a human cost. And so my hopes are the people who are making this game are not being burnt out and will not continue to be pushed at like a really wild rate once the game ships and people are trying to just keep up and keep putting out new stuff. Um, we'll see. I have one more note. You can lay in the mud and roll around. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's yeah. good. To get camo. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Mm, like Dog that. mode. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Just, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was ah, way more, yeah, I was way more interested before uh-huh. it had a purpose. <laughs> yeah, same, same. So Blame what you're saying the is the Predator is somewhere on this island. That was Wildlands okay. DLC. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, 100%. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was literally Wildlands DLC. They got the Predator. God damn it. Uh-huh. So well, probably- wait, 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 could you roll around the mud in Wildlands, though? What would you do? You'd be fucked. You'd be killed by the Predator. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't know if you could roll around in the in the- I don't know. I did a search for Predator Wildlands mud, and the first result is, so the Predator one-shots everything? <laughs> like, yeah, motherfucker, it's the Predator. It's the Predator. Predator. That's a point. Uh, this is from... Uh, Posted by Jesse gonna... Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> so I took a helicopter gunship with Gatling guns and SOV, and even a fucking tractor to the fight, and every time, the Predator's plasma cannon destroys everything in one shot. The tree canopies don't even break his line of sight, and once it's got a lock on, that's it. You may as well just let him kill you. The fire from the Rex doesn't even appear to affect his heat vision. He still gets a lock on when you stood next to a blazing SUV. Anyway. Can't believe how Broken. unrealistic. Broken. Damn. Uh-huh. It's very funny to complain about how good the Predator is. <laughs> um, we should take a break. And then we no, should... the, the, the Predator is a bad movie. What? Okay, sorry. No, no, no. no he, he's right. Predator is a good movie. The Predator 
I've not this seen. Bad was a bad movie. Which I like Shane Black, but mm. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're safe, okay. Rob. Don't worry. There's a hole. No, don't. Oh, come on. We can come you, back you, to you, it. You would even think that would come out of my mouth. Well, that's what I was. Please. I was very. Uh, you knew me better. Same. Predator is good. I, I even like Predator Two. I even like Predator Two too. Danny Glover is great. Let Danny Glover find a predator. <laughs> it's Dan- campy as fuck. I love Predator Two. Yes. It's, it's very campy. The Genesis game was all right too. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and dig into this question bucket filled with important questions from Natalie's adoring fans. Oh. That's that's who sent letters in. So that's what we got. So BRB. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One of my socks is inside out. I just realized. You should fix that. Okay, I'll fix it. Unless it's comfortable for you, in which case you can leave it like that. That's what that guy did. Who? Huh. What's his face? Huh? Turned it inside out? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, So that it doesn't deal with the seams? Yeah. Shit, I remember this happening, um, but I don't wait, remember who, who? it was. <laughs> uh, Salinger, as portrayed by um, Sean Connery. Rami Malek. Sean, by Rami Malek. <laughs> Uh, as portrayed by Sean Connery in what's the name of the movie? Because it's not You're the Man Now, dog, right? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, it's Finding Forrester. That's not the Forrester. name of the movie. Finding right. Forrester. Yeah, right, because he's playing like a fake J.D. Right. Salinger, right. Mm-hmm. right? And he has all of his socks. He wears his socks inside out because yeah. the seams. Because the seams. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't do a <laughs> it good doesn't really make sense. It doesn't but, make any sense. But <laughs> unless you're wearing your socks on the outside, like where people can see them, then I would put seams inside. Right. But you oh, can't. Can I ask a Predator question? Yeah. Okay. We all know Predator's great. We know Predator 2 is good. Mm-hmm. We know the Predator is not good. You guys got Predators? Yes, the 2010 one. I actually haven't seen Bad. it. I haven't Ooh. seen it. Is it the Brody that's people the Brody def- one? I think so. It, it's... Yeah, it's the Robert Rodriguez one. Right. I need to go back and watch. I had a, uh, I did not enjoy it when I watched okay. it at the time, okay. but I've had people that I respect <laughs> uh-huh. whose tastes align with mine said, you should go back and reevaluate Predators. I, and, curious. Uh, I, had a, I had a hard time yeah. buying What's-His-Face as- Brody? Uh, I forget who's the- Yeah. yeah. But, in, but but that was part of the pitch of like, no, look in your heart how good that is that he is actually the action lead and that's part of how you can mentally turn on that movie okay. and find yourself loving it. Okay. And so I have not done it. I I I only saw half of The Predator and did not enjoy it and so I didn't finish it, but I've wanted to do a full rewatch of the series. We and should re-evaluate start Predators in the process. A podcast oh, where yeah. we rewatch mm. old movies and talk about it. Damn, Predator that could be. watch be good. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. watch it again. Predator and watch it again. 
it's like Redditor, but Predator. Like, mm. oh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna move on. Uh, you should rewatch it. I should rewatch it. I had a good time watching that movie in theaters, Predators, um, but I don't remember if it was good. But I had a good time. Yeah. So Lawrence Fishburne. It's is more. In it. It's more Predator Two than oh, uh, Predator yeah. One. Sure, sure. Oh, and maybe yeah. I just wasn't. Like, and Robert Rodriguez has a certain smart like. It's more Grindhouse yeah. era Rodriguez than anything else. Than and Spy I, Kids. Maybe I was just looking for more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Um, Thank you for answering my query. Yeah. There are other questions. Sorry, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a name of a Predator-based movie rewatch podcast, yeah. and I don't have one, but I do have a name for a- uh, There's not one on iTunes? There must there's be. Not just, like, there must be. But it? I think there could be one, which, which is- uh, uh, about the Predator comics. It's like summarizing Predator comics and that would be I ain't got time to read because <laughs> the quote is I ain't yeah. got time to bleed yes. but I'd be reading Ooh, that's yeah. a good comics. One. Good. Anyway. AVP is a great arcade video game too. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, Let me buy it separately. I don't want to buy that goddamn monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. If you have questions, you can send them in to gamingatvice.com that's the website that we work for, and you can send emails there. It's not even a... What's up? What's wrong? That's just... Uh... Luna <laughs> writes in and says, Natalie, it was great having you on the pod, and I'm going to miss your presence. Aww. I wanted to know what was your favorite part of diving into Kingdom Hearts for lore reasons. Wow. Whatever you do next, let your heart be your guiding key. Uh, I'm gonna cry it again. Uh huh. I felt like we should just dive in. Yeah, I'm glad we still have the tissues here from last pod. <laughs> uh huh. Um. Also, shout out Cicado for editing so seamlessly <laughs> my sobs out of the last pod. I listened back to that whole thing. I was like, it didn't even sound like I cried once. <laughs> so shout out to you. Let, let the let the record show. Not yeah. <laughs> not true. Not accurate. Um, fixed in post. Yeah, fixed in post. Um. I think my favorite part about diving into Kingdom Hearts was just how <laughs> I guess it was it was the fact that it turned out to be something I could completely fall in love with. Um I think one of my favorite parts about diving into Kingdom Hearts is like every time I had a question and would find an answer, it would lead me to another question, which is like there are games that I've had questions about that the questions ha- feel like they have final answers and that it, it mm. feels kind of resolute. But so much of Kingdom Hearts feels like um, building up to something and building around something that we don't necessarily know yet. Yeah. And so the fact that each question I could ask would lead me to a question about someone. It wasn't like, okay, so what does this mean all the time? Although I was always asking that. <laughs> but it was like, okay, so what does this what does this have to do with this person? Or or how is this other person involved? Or how does this how does this engage with the sort of dynamic that we have here? And I guess I always was asking what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And the fact that I still don't necessarily know makes me still curious to keep playing and keep learning and spend more time in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and like the <laughs> what's fact- that I don't know what's okay so it's um it was originally a browser game 
um, in Japan, but then it was re-released as got, a mobile game. Uh-huh. And basically you play as a dandelion and the dandelions are uh, basically an army that was started so by it's like one... Mm, yes. what was no, Keyblades? but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't played Ghost Recon, so I can't speak there to it. <laughs> um, and so they have a leader, the leader of their uh, um, sect of the union leaders is Ava. Um, and Ava basically starts the Dandelions oh, to, sure. to to lead the world after the war. And, Does that um, work they, for her? No, she will die. Okay. And she's, Spoilers. <laughs> no, no, no. We I don't know if she died. We don't know what's up with her. Okay. Um, but pr- presumably she was like, I'll probably die in the war. So we got to, everyone's going <laughs> to die in the war. So we should have some. So we're going to take these kids and move them over kids here. And yeah. So put we have them a Lord in a of safe the Fly place. situation. Back so that Disney. they're. They can be the bearers of light in in the world to gotcha. come after the war, um, and so the dandelions are super important in Kingdom Hearts three. I fucked up. I fucked because up. <laughs> in this game of chicken, I fucked up. I could keep going. I know she could. <laughs> anyway, that's my answer. It's a good answer. It's because I love Kingdom Hearts now. <laughs> this one comes in from Wash, who says it's for everybody. What got you into gaming? Friends, parents, capitalism, Santa? This is like an interesting question. It made me rethink, like, okay, wait. I know... I know when I had my my first game console. I was going to say, those are... Th- but they're, they're who like, got me you, into I think we gaming? Just, yeah. This is a good one. It's a drill down. It's not when you first played video games. No. Because that, a lot of that's people... That's too did. easy. Yeah. It's when it became like... Like a like a hobby or like a preferred medium or like yeah, yeah where, and where do you draw that line of into gaming versus like Playing I played game. a game or two. I know mine. Yeah, yeah. My brother, one hundred percent. My brother is like a couple years older than me, but we were raised like twins. Like we have like twin telepathy, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just spent all of our times, all of our time playing games together. And he loved games so much and loved like thinking of like alternate worlds that like exist within universes. And he was like such a like creator that it made me be like, oh my God, games have such a potential for like inspiring creativity because I can see it in my brother. So it's my brother. Shout out to you. Shout out to your brother. I can't point to a person, but I can definitely point to a time. Sure. And a vibe. Yeah. General vibe. And it was definitely high school because that's when, this is going to sound weird and gendered, but in the 90s, uh, a lot of times, a lot of boys would keep playing games, and I kept playing games, and none of my friends who were women were playing games anymore, and I was just like, I love them so much. And what you said about your brother mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, there's all these worlds that you can sort mm-hmm. of engage in, that completely got me. And I think, like, when I was 17, and I got the Dreamcast, and I played mm-hmm. Shenmue and Jet Grind Radio and a bunch of other games that actually had the first sort of idea of, like, a living city and, like, mm-hmm. a living world yeah. that continued on. I know it didn't, obviously, but, like, the idea that it continued on without me, that sort of vibe and that sort of general thing is what really hooked me. It went from being, like, this is a thing I enjoy and it's fun to, like, I love this yeah. and there's something here for me. It's not, like, I beat the level. It's, yeah. like, I... There's a world. Yeah. There's cool. a whole world here. Totally. It's a bunch of things for me. Like it's hard to drill in because it's like, do I say it's my my grandparents or my mom's side who got me a Nintendo, which let me sit with games whenever I wanted to and play them over and over? Yeah. Was it my dad's family? My uncle Tim like gave me a bunch of NES games. Like I would I would have only had Mario at first if it was just my grandparents on my mom's side. Yeah. My uncle Tim is the one who was like, Here, you can have a bunch of these old NES games. Yes. Was it my parents themselves who like like 
urged me on to think about things like the worlds in the games and to talk to them about why I liked game one versus game two and like start immediately having conversations about these things in a slightly more I mean, you know, I was a little kid, so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't doing deep games crit or anything. <laughs> but like there was an important just my dad asked me once like, why do I like the Genesis version of Aladdin more than the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin? Oh, that's interesting. And I was, you know, twelve or something, and I was like, huh. Okay, I have to figure out how to answer that question Mm -hmm. because I know it's true in my heart what I like more. But how do I actually (laughs) say that to somebody that isn't just like – It's like an elaborate version of this morning I was walking with Jessica and uh, the wind – like there were petals that had fallen on the ground but were clearly not from flowers. And I asked her – she was like, those flowers on the ground. I was like, well, where would they come from? And just like a profound look on her face of like – (laughs) <laughs> just and she looks at me like I don't know Aww. and I was like Do you, well think about it where could they have come from and then the wind oh, came through so and she good. goes the wind <laughs> and I was like you're right and knocked it from the tree <laughs> like a very funny so two year old version of your 12 year old no, question totally though That's right those cute. moments are rad and I was surrounded by people who encouraged me to to, yeah. to think about those I had a babysitter named Raina who had a brother named Manny man um, and he was like a, he was a gamer he yeah. was just like absolute yeah. gamer who had a Neo Geo, he had like a Sega CD, he had like all the stuff that was like, yo, this is for real cool shit. And and also he would also be the person who was like, you should rent Rescue Rangers and bring it over a Nintendo and we could beat Rescue Rangers. <laughs> yes! I know all the secrets about Rescue Rangers. Um, and so like small things like that, that mm-hmm. like were people who were already into it. My dad, for that sake, I've, I've told this story before, but like my dad was owned an Intellivision uh, uh, and like loved video games even before I really did. Um, and obviously like, as he got older, they became a less of a thing in his life. Mm-hmm. But I grew up playing Intellivision with him and then Sega Genesis and playing Joe Montana football with him and playing eventually we were a game day family not a Madden family for years I mean at this point we're a Madden family game day was great on early PS1 99 studios for life baby yes absolutely (laughs) so like we were playing all that stuff but like I think about playing um uh was what's the is it what's the is it B-17 bomber on the uh yeah B-17 bomber on the um uh the Intellivision, I think it was B-17 Bomber, um, which was just this game that was about flying bombing runs uh, into the continent from from England. And you had to like measure out how much fuel you brought to make and versus how many bombs you had and like what the weight of the plane was. <laughs> Very simple game where mm-hmm. you're like uh, you could be on the tail guns or the side guns. Like you have to pr- try to like protect the bomber as you get there and then do the bombing run. And it had this great – it was like a run-based game. Like a lot of games were run-based games at the time. But it was like how far out can you get? How much damage to the Nazis can you do? And can you get back safe home? Mm. And – I just had like so much fun because there were so many elements to even at that age put myself into like the right tail or the right you know the the gun on the the east side of the plane is knocked out but we only have the left and the and the back side or when the plane finally was like dead it gave you that moment of like the front window got shot through with bullets and my dad would be like, all right, put on your parachute, get ready to jump. <laughs> and we like run to the side of the room and jump out of the plane. And it was like oh. that sort of immersive play okay. was so important for me. Immediately, and so things like that were huge. And on my mom's side, like my mom grew up playing just like word games with me nonstop. And I think it's like that blend of things is what's made me, or is what encouraged me to go in the direction I did 
uh, both as like a writer and a critic, but also as someone who just loved games. So it's like what got me in was I was surrounded by people who liked games and who thought the games were valuable and who didn't demean them. And yeah. that's was really good. You know, I, I had a lot of friends whose parents hated that they played games. My parents probably wished I did some other stuff also like <laughs> wished I took some other things more seriously, but never discouraged me from that part of what I loved. Mm. So except for when I forged a signature <gasps> one time. I've told Damn. that story. I think I told that story. Not I told to that me. story. You can tell me later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, I it so there's like I've had games since like super early because my mom was a coder in Colombia before she emigrated. So oh wow. Cool. And so Damn. They, they had an Atari 2600 and like that's the my earliest memory is playing hockey on that. <laughs> but nice. like the, the the like jump from like just playing games and like but and then being like an enthusiast mm -hmm. is definitely like uh was a hundred percent due to <laughs> EGM. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, because, because my mom would never, she would never want to leave me alone at home when she went to do groceries. But she would be fine with me sitting in the magazine aisle while we're while she does the groceries. So that's where I was like, oh, games, other games. Well, look at all these games. I didn't know this many games <laughs> yeah, existed. Totally. And like from then on, it was like, you know, figuring out how to follow whatever was going on in the games world. But like, it was definitely just like sitting on the cold linoleum, oh, yeah. linoleum uh, reading that. Even if I had already read the, the issue of that month, like, yeah. <laughs> like reading it back to back every single time we went to groceries. That's really good. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Totally. Rob, have you always been a gamer? Yeah. I mean, like with, like with you, it's hard to pin down. Uh, like certainly, play, like seeing Mario on the NES for the first time was foundational. Like that's the first game yeah. I remember. Like being like, "Holy shit, I must play this and play tons <laughs> of it." Uh, I I return a lot to when I realized, like when I found uh, this war game called Fields of Glory, uh, which was from Microprose. It was about the Hundred Days campaign of Napoleon leading up to Waterloo. And it was at the time just stunning to realize that I'd always envied like um, miniatures in some ways, but I could never afford to get into miniatures, right? But even as a little kid, the idea of having like really fancy painted army men and like having entire <laughs> like those like miniature landscapes, dioramas that you'd find in, like museums mm -hmm. or in hobbyists. So I was like, that stuff always appealed, but obviously it was like a million miles from anything that was achievable for me. And then seeing a video game that purported to give you the pleasure of that. And also you'd see the armies move and like engage in their little combat uh, was incredible to me. But I think also that, you know, something that I probably shouldn't underrate here is that manuals uh, tended yeah. to be better back then too. Like oh. I was, you know, me, me as a yes. reader and me as a, and me as someone who plays games kind of exist in conjunction with each other. Fields of Glory had a tremendous amount of like in-game material about these battles I was playing through. It had a lot of historical information in it. If you played Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe, uh, which was a LucasArts, um, like, World War II flight sim, that came with a manual that had tons of, like, interviews with World War II aces from both sides, talking about, like, what it was like to fly in these campaigns and fly these missions and giving advice on aerial tactics. And that stuff was mind-blowing. So it wasn't just, like, games were cool, but it was also like games gave you a different way to touch things you were interested in, to express 
passions beyond just as an idle spectator. And I think that appealed to me throughout. That's a huge element of it, too, was like seeing the world through games, going to a rental store. And the same that you would go to a library and find a book on something. Mm -hmm. It was very much like. Wow, I'm. I've said this before. Like, I'm in a samurai period in my in my life. I care a lot about samurai. <laughs> what are games I can play to inhabit that space and to think about that stuff? And the same with like, you know, I would go watch a Kurosawa film with my dad because I'd see my dad on Sundays and we'd always watch a movie. And then I'd come home and be like, All right, I watched this movie that had cool chase scenes in it. What are games with cool chase scenes? We watched a movie. You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah. sort. Or like, Hey, I'm doing. I'm doing. You know, uh, our history class is about this or that. And like, Okay, is there a game that does this? Um, um, and that stuff was huge. Like that style of of using games as a place to inhabit a mode of thought was – I mean I wrote a very long book report on Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six oh because I was God. deep into the game at the time <laughs> and vice versa. Like it was one of those things was like, oh, wow, I'm going to read this book. This huge, I was like the hardbound, you know, huge copy with the <laughs> terrible like all the flags on the cover. Oh, Yo, the game opens – John Clark and Ding Chavez are just on a plane flying to England for where they're going to found the Rainbow Six uh, anti-terrorist organization. But holy shit, just on this plane is a terrorist who tries to hijack it. And Ding and John look at each other and like, no way is this shit going down on our plane. (laughs) And so like the prologue is them foiling a fucking hijacking on their way to their new job Mm -hmm. as... Terror, like counter terrorist yeah, leaders uh-huh. who fight hijackers, but they don't fight hijackers. They fight people who are concerned about the environment and global. Yeah, world. that is the big twist of the original Rainbow mm-hmm. Six. Not the big twist. That's the antagonists of that book and of the game are bio terrorists who are afraid of about global warming. Mm. I just think maybe uh, Tom Clancy should have let them be the heroes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> let, let's. What I got to hear both sides, right? I thought we were supposed to hear both sides. You not we're not supposed to hear from the people concerned about the future. Okay. <laughs> I guess not. The youth are very concerned not. about that. Um, we brought up a couple times there some uh, some questions about alternate universes and imagining Wait, the Patrick worlds. didn't do his. Did Patrick not do his? I don't think so. Oh. I did not. Patrick. He only talks about Jessica. You're right. That is, that's, <laughs> that's you know, how that works. That's fine. Patrick, how did you get into video I, I, games? A lot, of, a lot of answers are like, I... I cannot uh, extract video games from, like, growing up because they were just sort of always there. I Like, Austin, like, lived in a household that didn't stigmatize them. In fact, like, part of the reason we became the house that everyone wanted to hang out with mm. was because you want to watch Beefs and Butthead, you want to watch South Park, you want to play video games. Like, <laughs> some of my parents weren't paying attention. They just trusted us a lot more than the other parents did. And it's something that I think about a lot when, like, raising my own kid is just trusting your the judgment of your children a little more than having to orally paternalize them. And, you know, but it's like, I could pick so many different moments. It's like, I'm like Kato. Like I sat in, my parents similarly left me in the magazine aisle Uh reading EGM. That's where I went from the moment of, you just go to the blockbuster, the family video and just shit, there are new games. Like, how does that even work? (laughs) And then realizing it's an industry. I didn't know what that word meant, but like, that was the realization that like, there was mechanisms beyond just, I don't know. They went in the back and put out new games because they <laughs> right, felt like it. Right. Um, and, you know, or, or uh, was it, uh, you know, uh, you know, really, realistically, it's more or less my parents is like where that takes, like, it's me as a 13 year old walking into my parents' bedroom and saying, Hey, 
So there is a video game conference in Atlanta that I can get an underage badge for, yes. and I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of people who are in their early 20s in college, <laughs> and my dad being like, could you leave the room for a moment? <laughs> and then my parents looking at each other, and he's like, well, I could just make a business trip out to Atlanta, and I'll go with him. Aww. And like my dad taking me to E3 1998 in Atlanta and like nurturing that stuff in a way that he never understood, but like is absolutely, like allowed me, like gave me the space to like, conceive that like oh this could be something i do with my life even though i didn't think of it at the time but like if i'm like super specific i'm trying like, i was trying to think of other things is that the moment where i was using the little spare money i had mm. to import a japanese dance dance revolution yes yeah that's your in yes you're then, in. yeah yeah because yes. at the point that i was then using like my knowledge of egm early internet to buy japanese video games and then using weird hacks to play them yeah on my PlayStation 1, breaking a PlayStation 1 because I did it wrong. <laughs> you had a little spring? Um, what did you use? What were your... I, there was the spring. There was also like a, a GameShark equivalent yes, that you, you could put, put in the, the parallel port yeah, yeah, yeah. that would allow you to do it. Um, there was also like a trick where you would put in like a CD and then there was a moment during the PlayStation 1 boot up sequence that you could swap the disc and then it wouldn't. It would skip the region check. Yep. Um, and then the springboard from there was I imported... The, a Japanese Dreamcast when it came out, wow. like a full year Damn. before it came out in America. Um, so I could get Sonic Adventure. Like I saw the screenshots of that fucking whale yep. or the killer yeah, whale. I need that fucking whale. That orc I is going to chase that. me. That's so good. Um, yeah, that stuff is good. That was, you know, it's, it's funny. Like that second step of like, not just what is available in the rental store, but like what exists. Seeking what are Yeah, seeking yeah. it out was huge. Um, that style of like, I, yeah, modding my first PlayStation or not me modding it, but like my birthday gift was my dad took my, my PlayStation to the manager of the EBX who knew a guy who could mod PlayStations. Uh, Shout out to Wesley from the, getting the proper the mod was the way to do oh, it. Yeah. Cause then you didn't have to jump through these weird acts. Cause they, cause like Sony would create new PlayStations that blocked yes. like these tricks yes. along uh, the way. So then I would like swap a PlayStation with my friends and oh. be like, you have like, an earlier model. <laughs> like, can I oh, have wow. that one? Good, okay. You can have mine. Right. Um, and I'm trying to think like, and also stuff like that is like the first time I pirated video games through like AOL, like trying to download oh like a uh, Hexen wow. or like, because I was into doom and I couldn't afford like all, I wanted more doom games. Like I couldn't afford heretic and Hexen. So it's like, I'd find ways to, to pirate those. But I couldn't tie up the internet all day. So what I would do is I'd, in the middle, of, I'd wait for my parents to go to sleep. I'd go downstairs where the computer was. I would pile blankets on top of the computer so that when the dial-ups, like the sound would play, I would try and muffle it the best that I could. And then I could, like, I would just stay up for hours falling asleep next to the computer, like, waiting for, hopefully that, because there was no, that was before, like, around that time, download resumers started existing. Yeah. Because it used to be the case where, like, you could download something for six hours and not finish it, and if you didn't finish it, poof, that download just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, and I was so mad when I found out as an adult that you could literally turn that sound off. Like, there were settings you could go <laughs> into to, like, disable that shit, because I spent so many hours at night just literally piling blankets on so from the whole funny. house to to try and muffle that sound. God, these all of these stories that everyone's giving me gives me this like very synesthetic response yeah. that reminds me of like the smell and feel of my attic in 
the in like the summer because like that's the yeah. sort of like free time zone of being a kid. I'd go mm-hmm. out, like it's where all my old toys were. It's where all of like my old. I'd keep all of my Sega Genesis. I think like as each generation passed, I would move the previous or like two generations previous games upstairs into the attic. So it's like all right. Well now I'm on the now I'm on the PlayStation, which means my NES games go upstairs. My I sold that shit, man. Oh, so I did. Give it to Funko so, and get me new games. So that's what I started doing as I got older. Uh, even at this point, yeah. I don't have like a collection of video games. Or what I do have is actually stuff that is now too old to sell. Mm. Like I still have NES and Genesis games, but only my favorite ones. <laughs> only my favorite ones. Like I absolutely traded shit. I would get for I would get a gift on July in July for my birthday, and then by September, <laughs> by August, it was gone. I'm like, yeah, I beat that. Give me two thirds. Give me two thirds the cost to put yeah. that towards something. That's all. Else. Things were different back then. Yeah. You could trade in games and get good value. Yeah. yeah. Let me remember the the, the, I the, the say. Yes. Sheet. Absolutely, I remember the sheet. You get a sheet. Like the seven, the seven pages, oh. the catalog that would tell you like trade the, in like values. the price of each game. I would. I kept that at home. I would call uh, in, and that was like I would call yeah. into Funko Land like headquarters to be like, is this sheet up to date? <laughs> Am I really going to get $13 for Cybernator on the Sega Genesis, please? Is Vector Man really worth $17, yes or no? Thank you. Hold, please hold on. Yeah, Vector Man's bad. Here's the spoiler. It's not good. I played it recently. What do you think? It's really hard. It's really hard. I played Vector Man at my dentist. That's what they had was a Genesis with Vector Man on it. Man, I have a different That's relationship cursed. with my. I would have a different relationship with my dentist if I was playing Genesis. <laughs> my dentist. I also even now. <laughs> it's true. I also I also think a big part of uh like some of the games that uh, had some of the biggest influence on me were actually the humongous uh, oh. uh, entertainment games that or edutainment <laughs> that uh, Nicole Clark actually wrote up a great sort of like retrospective on uh, that went up on the site today. Yep. So check that out. I think those like Freddie Freddie Fish, who hot, hot. I never knew was a girl until she wrote this piece. And uh, there's like some really interesting anecdotes in there and Putt Putt and Spy Fox and my personal fave, Pajama Sam. Pajama Sam. Um, I remember <laughs> I have like a distinct memory of eating. Um, what are those? Uh, what are those uh, cookies that are made out of like it's like marshmallow almost, but they're like they're like in a swirl and they're crunchy on the outside, and then the inside is like kind of like a soft sort of marshmallow. It's like a sugar just. A meringue? Or a meringue. Hell yeah. Yes. I would That's sit, not a cookie. It's not a cookie. It's like <laughs> pure sugar. Yeah, but it's I would just sit sugar. in front of the computer playing Pajama Sam, You Are What You Eat, Your f- Smell of Your Feet, or something like that. And I would eat just like <laughs> piles of meringues <laughs> and on just like such a sugar high at like oh 10 my p.m. God. Anyway, so I want to shout out that. Wonderful. As well. So happy Shout to hear off. all these like happy positive yeah. vibes, happy, happy gamer memories. memories, happy memories, happy gamer it's memories. Really good. As I was saying before, we talked a little bit there, uh, Natalie, about about games and alternate universes and like being brought into the other, these other worlds that you could be. And I have a question that has the word the word alternate universe in it. Uh, what would all the Kingdom Hearts characters' jobs be if they were in a non-magical modern day setting? Oh wow. oh, wow. Let's talk about an AU. Let's talk about a modern AU. Sora would be customer service. Okay, like a phone, <laughs> like a phone line customer yeah. service? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because he's just like super personable, loves helping people, True. loves making friends. He would uh, spend too long on the phone, though. 
and, and get, like, get told, in trouble yeah, by his uh-huh, boss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is if Sora was an adult, obviously, because yeah. most of these characters are kids during yes. Kingdom Hearts. That's a big if. Yeah. So <laughs> that Sora will ever become an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, who else? Riku. What would Riku be doing? Fashion. Really? Mm, wait. Emo band. No, that guy from Wonder. I feel like I, I could see Aqua Demix. at the Met Gala. You know, putting that, uh, putting all that shit behind her, and just having a big flowy dress. Yeah, yeah, but she would be at the Met Gala not because she's like a fashion icon, but she doesn't really like. It's not what she does. It's like right. she just has incredible taste. She's incidentally style. a fashion icon because right. she's just that distinct. Yeah. yeah, like Rihanna. Right. Like right. Rihanna vibes. Yeah, Rihanna is our Aqua. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What? What about? Kyrie. Oh no. Kyrie. We can dream anything. We can <laughs> I can dream a better future. Nomura can't hold us back. You can give her the life she deserves. I think Kyrie would be like a teacher. She'd be helping She'd be people, helping wouldn't people. she? Yeah. yeah. I think she yeah. would be I could see her being like I think she would just want to be Sur- like surrounded by people in a way that she's helping them mm. so that's why I said teacher because I feel like she could like just like give really good she's like so kind yeah. and is like patient I think and so she could she'd be a good like student counselor like yeah. what, do you, what, what do you want to do with your life you could, like Kyrie's gonna listen to me yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know about shit I don't know shit about shit but from uh-huh. what y'all have said about Kyrie I just see underappreciated office manager Mm. Oh, that's uh, that's like the real. That's like, that's the, like dark, the dark, the dark yeah. version of what would actually happen. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah, you're probably right. If, that, if, if we're actually thinking of what Nomura would imagine yeah. for Kyrie, that is what what would God. happen. Oh, please just make a game that does this, and then it's like just like the Twilight Town stuff in two, but it's just like everyone's like caught in the dream of the real world. Yeah, just oh boring my God. lives. Yeah. yeah, like once Kingdom Hearts, but the office. Yeah, yeah literally exactly. that. Literally exactly. that. Uh, Kyrie's Pam. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Um, Riku is <laughs> was a Dwight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mm. I think Andy. Are, are you sure? Are we sure that Sora isn't Dwight? Oh no, no. It's, uh, Sora's the one who gets made Dwight fun of the most. Dwight is too antagoni- antagonistic. Um, I think He's a Sora. Stick in the mud. Yeah, yeah. I think Sora is like. Mm. I don't oh, know. you know what? I think Riku's more of an Oscar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can see that. Like definitely sees himself as like smartest in yeah, the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but is like very lovable. Mm-hmm. Oscar's too way too self-aware. Sora does not know shit about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said Riku is Oscar. Is Sora Kevin? I was gonna say oh. Kevin. I was gonna say Kevin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think yes. I, I was gonna say Sora Kevin. Sora absolutely would make a big ass thing of chili and spill that shit yes. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate even thinking about it. I love Kevin. No, I hate that. I hate seeing that specific shot. The gift. The, the gift. The shot of, of dropping, dropping the chili. The chili. Especially it's with the so voiceover sad. in the back where it's like, I was up all night. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts me to hear it. It hurts me deep in my chest. I know. It makes me sad. Um, I think uh, uh, Donald is Andy. Because Donald mm, has a character yeah. arc mm-hmm. in which Andy's like super nice and lovable at the beginning, but is a fucking asshole mm-hmm. by the end, and we hate. So I think Donald is that, and I don't know who's Toby. Toby is someone that we all hate and despise. Ansem. <laughs> yeah, 
No, it has to be someone. But I, yeah, but so, you, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, maybe it doesn't map equally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have another question. This is for everybody. This one comes in from Joaquin, who says, "Hey, waypoint." To say farewell to the woke gamer, which I didn't. You're not the woke gamer. That's Patrick. Bye, yeah, Patrick. That's Patrick. Bye, Patrick. Yeah, also, ah, shit. Also, you said you would warn us, Patrick. Also, you said you would tell us. <laughs> We're supposed to get. Also, I mean, the woke gamer like recently revealed themselves. That's true. I figured I'd ask you. I ask y'all this question: If you were a boat, what kind of boat would you be? <laughs> this is a great question. Rowboat. A rowboat. Why? I like uh, physical work. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the feeling of the water up on my skin. Uh huh. I uh I enjoy good you know good hard work uh and not necessarily going super fast but it feels real fast when you're getting oh when good. you're really going you're on really robot, going you yeah some momentum yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a good one is a boogie board a boat and, yeah, yeah totally if you want to be one I'm a boogie case. board why because <laughs> I like boogie boards <laughs> okay great we've been over this you don't you don't get to be the thing you that's like. true no you're right you're right you're right I think I'll, you have a boogie board vibes choice. yeah that's fair you do I think you have you're a boogie, boogie board but yeah. I but I want your I want your reasoning that isn't just I like it. Yeah, you got to think about it. It's like, mm, I'll think about it. Come back okay. to me. Okay, Patrick, right, what, what are you? you? I know. Oh, it's, it's, I'm a pontoon baby. <laughs> <a> Pont. <laughs> I love. Is that the one that you can like, fish off of? Yeah, with the yeah. double. Yeah. They're big. They're they're big. Double. Like they're you can get a lot of people off. on there. Yeah. They're squared off. Uh, it's just because this is a party. It's boat. a boat. But you know you don't have you, you don't have to go that fast. No. But like you'll get where you're going. You know mm-hmm. I I love pontoon boats. I just I one day give just put some money in in my mailbox <laughs> and I'll buy a pontoon okay. boat. <gasps> Rob, I know this is a hard question. I love Costco. You can put a lot of things from Costco. On <laughs> can you get a boat from Costco? Oh my god! If a boogie board's a boat, then yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. They do. I don't think they sell. They do sell cars. They Sometimes. do sell cars. They, yeah. I think the there's probably a Costco that has a boat you could buy. There has to yeah. be. And it exists in Florida. <laughs> probably. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm so... I think, if, it, if it's not a sailboat, yeah. it's a lie. I know what it's going to be. Is it a warship? Schooner? I mean, yes. <laughs> a galleon? Old Ironsides. <laughs> No, I think like I mean, if I could look, if I had to be a boat, uh, I think I'd probably want to be like one of the refitted battleships, uh, World War II with radar directed fire control. That's how. That's that's just me. Um, You know. What's your reasoning for that? What about you lends itself to this battleship? Oh, just um, you know, it's. It's a battleship, and you sort of have certain expectations for what battleships can and can't do. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out the battleship is also armed with a cutting-edge radar and computing system that allows it to put uh, several rounds on target in dead in the dead of night without any visual aids. And, uh, you know, it really allows you to fuck up, you know, more traditional battleships. Okay. Okay. Great. Except. Yeah. What's yours, Austin? Why do I have to go now? Because I'm still thinking about mine. <laughs> All right, I'm a houseboat. What's a house? Oh, oh with the ho- nice. with like a house on a boat. A house. I'm a house on a boat. Yeah. Put yeah. me on the water. I want to be able to leave. I want to be able to go around in the water a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I do that, I don't want to go out there too far. I'm not trying to. Leave. I'm not just like a boat you live on. I'm a houseboat. Yeah. I live on the water. I like to float around a little bit. But mostly, it's like comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like a little messy. Yeah. I've never seen a houseboat that's in good shape. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Same. Pillows. 
they have them on mm-hmm. the boat because yeah. you got to have like small things that are comfortable. You can't just you can't put furniture on the houseboat. You can build furniture into the houseboat. Yes. But then you just got to cover it up with pillows and like cushions and like try to make it. It's like not that comfortable, but you make it. Here's a question yeah, though. Uh-huh. By the by, your houseboat yeah. because a friend of mine lived on a houseboat in Seattle. Yeah. For a little while. Sure. While they were uh, when they moved, they were settling down. They're like, "This is my chance. I'm going to live on this yeah. houseboat. I'm going to do this." And I mean, this is a specific question, but it's just like plumbing is like a problem. Yeah, you pee off the side on houseboats. Yeah, he he was he he um for about the better part of a year was going down the street to a restaurant to take care of some business. Let's say because you didn't want to do that on that houseboat. I'm just saying, houseboats got can you shower? It's got no, some limitations. Can you shower on the houseboat? There, okay, so I've been... And also, here's what I'm going to say. I got some limitations. Not about peeing or taking showers. Okay. But I'm a limited person. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. be everywhere at once. I can't be everything to everyone. Okay. Yeah. All right? Natalie, we're talking you got to lean on others to kind of... Uh, well, no, I was saying... So, uh, my dad had a boat once, and there was a full working bathroom on that shit. No, so there's a there's a ba- there was a bathroom on this boat. You just shouldn't... Why? <laughs> Because smells. Oh yeah, longer. it gets bad. Because you live there. Yeah, is the yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I'll say is, I would do my best to take care of the bathroom if I and on the houseboat that Just was put me. Some, uh, air fresheners in there. I don't think. I think you got to do more than that. I think <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's a little. It's but a bit it's of like, a. It's lots of throw pillows and throw. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's lots of that What about vibe. a comfy yacht? I'm not the, worth a yacht. That's the I don't thing. have that. I would love to live on a comfy yacht, but I know what the fuck I am. I'm not a yacht. I'm a houseboat. That's fine. Okay. It's fine to be a houseboat. I think Are I'm, you just like... Yeah, go on. I think I'm a yacht. I think you're a yacht. Um, So I grew yacht. up... I, yacht? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up around boats because uh, my dad was kind of a boat aficionado when I was little, and he had this like tiny little boat he he used to when he was a kid he would like sail to to catalina island off all the time off the side of like from la he would he would go sailing there and he had like a little boat that he would take out there all the time so i grew up around boats but i've experienced the high life i've been on a ginormous yacht once and that shit is nice i would want to live on a yacht but are you a yacht this is good it's not it's not my so if I'm if I'm taking into account my sun sign, which is Libra, which does tend to oh my God. veer towards luxury and will sometimes self sabotage in for the sake of luxurious items, especially like skincare, sure, makeup, like sure. very external, yeah, um, which I do a lot. I spend way too much on fucking skin products, um. So I think I would have emptied my bank account for a boat and lived on it. A really nice boat boat. with a great plumbing system. Yeah. And (laughs) maybe 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 hired like someone uh, to maintain maintain and pilot it. Like not like we're working together. Yeah, I got you. Like just another sort of like a second hand where we're like working together that has maybe a little bit more knowledge than me, but we're but it's like the kind of thing where I'm getting trained to the point right. where I can take care of it on on my own. And well, am I the boat? You're the boat. Oh, okay. You are. So the somebody boat. else is taking care of you. Oh yeah, I would want to be a yacht. Okay. Yeah. You have a lot of space to move around. Space to move around. You can fast. I yeah. People would be like sunbathing on me. Right. And uh, drinking champagne. Yeah. It would just be. Yeah. It would be. A relaxed, it wouldn't be like a party yacht, 
it would be like a relaxed sort of chill yacht where yeah. people are just like hanging, chilling. Just chilling. Just chilling. That's my, that's who Good I would answers. be Good answers. Good answers. Kato, do you can you figure out why you're a boogie board yet? I I mean I think it's like I feel like I'm fun, but you don't have to commit to learning how to surf. But it's like a similar feeling, you know, yeah. like easy fun. I guess is kind of the the vibe there. Easy <laughs> but fun I, boat. Yeah, there's is there like hmm. No, I feel like everything that's a small, I think boogie board is right. Yeah, I think I think or you're like a, a boogie board. Because yeah. I think, boat? Yeah, we, we, we established yeah. We said it's a boat. Yes, you <laughs> ride a wave on it. You so ride a wave a on it. It's a boat. Put it in the water, you float. It's a boat. It floats. <laughs> if it floats, it's a boat. boat. Ah. Sounds to me like just Kyle <laughs> wants to be something you can run a booze cruise off of. <laughs> no. Um, you could also be a um. What's the ones that like the you go through the bayou on them? Like the big propellers on the back. An airfoil. Oh. Like that. Those are cool. <laughs> yeah. That Those are fun. fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think fun. of that same vibe. Yeah, yeah. Here's a better different question, but similar in some nature. This comes in from Sam, who says, hey, team, you all kick and rock ass. What <laughs> I love game? to rock ass. I love it. <laughs> you all ass. kick and rock ass. I love this. So Can we define the second nope. one? Nope. What video game character would make the... You're not going to watch. Just to. know you rock ass. Just know that you rock ass. What video game character would make the best slash worst wine, and what would the tasting notes be? Best hope, and worst. Hope you're wine. all good, wine. and I wish Natalie the Rob? best. Rob, oh, thank you, Sam. Rob, yeah, you think about it. Okay, Zaria. <sighs> yeah, Zaria. What type of wine? Best it or worst? Has, uh, it's quite good. It's simple, mm-hmm. but mm. very robust. Mm-hmm. Is Notes it white? Of red? Raspberry and chocolate. Ooh. Oh, so a red. A red. Ooh. Okay, definitely a red. Ooh. Very, very robust. Simple. Again, this is not like a wine for the the finest connoisseur. Mm-hmm. This is a like a working people's wine. Okay, I got this you. is a wine for the people. It's under twenty bucks. <laughs> under twenty bucks, but it's quite good. Yeah, pairs well with. Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm a vegetarian. I don't know. Steak. Uh, Lamb? Uh, t- tofu. Lamb. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a marinated tofu. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Marinated tofu. I like it. What's your worst one? Do you have one? Sure. Yes. Uh, that would be uh, Donkey Kong. Uh-huh. Oh, who has yeah. made a very poor banana wine. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> Gross. It didn't oh. go well. Oh, fermented Ooh. banana. It did not go <laughs> well. It's, no, and I don't when like he this. made it and he just, gave it to other people, he went, <laughs> and everyone was like, mm, just, just think about the monkey booze from Sekiro. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, it is. Actually, there it know? is. God. There you go. Does anyone else have a wine, an anime, or a game character? <laughs> an anime. <laughs> an anime character. Anime I had some other wine. anime questions in here. Oh, okay. I may, yeah, may yeah. not get to. Um, hmm, I'm thinking. So Alex, you definitely opened a winery at some point oh, on, yeah. on Earth and like got into just like the harshest, most brutal like cabs that oh, like, yeah. you can you can possibly imagine. And he's just like, I like, you know, he's just more Morgan. I don't understand what your problem is. I just don't you just love a big, bold, like powerful red. And meanwhile, the entire thing just tastes like oak barrel and ashes. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, you know, Alex doesn't understand why people aren't, like, more excited for it. Mm. That's a perfect answer. Tried to grow it with the, the cool growing 
pheromones or whatever in that one tiny mission. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, well. well, and also 100% like Typhons have gotten loose on mm. his yeah. stand. Right. So that's the other problem yeah, is totally. like there's something off about the wine. Like, yeah. there's a little Typhon. It sucked the it. life out of you when you tried to. Yeah. I think Princess Peach yeah. is a Riesling. Oh, kind yeah. Of a, a little sweet, but not altogether unnuanced, not mm-hmm. altogether... Not a rosé? No, not a rosé. Mm. I don't think so. I think a little more... Uh, not a Prosecco either. Oh, see, that's the yeah. thing. Is I think the... I, you know what? I'm going to say Nintendo era, Nintendo era Riesling, but as she gets older and just like sees more of the world, does get a little bit more yeah. like uh, uh, understanding and like really... Mm-hmm. By the time she's in uh, Mario Odyssey and she's like, you know what? Fuck all of this. Yeah. She's that's a what, that's Yeah, what she's there we go. That's true. She made her own Bellini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I have one character for best wine and two versions. Uh, no, one version of <laughs> one version of the wine. Uh, it's Aqua, obviously, and she, her wine is a very um, uh, dry white. With notes of like elderflower, mm. it's like very floral and kind of herb, a little bit herby, um, like some foresty notes, um, and it's just so refreshing. Like you have it on like sort of a a hot summer's day, and it just feels like ice cold to to the palate, and it just totally cools you down. Ooh. That's aqua. Nice. Love yeah. it. That sounds good. I want to go for a glass of wine right now. Yes. What about you, Pat? Do you have one? I, I don't. Do you drink wine? Drink what, about wine? Beer? what about beer? What about beer? Kirkman doesn't make one? God. Knew it was coming. Yeah, well, next question. <laughs> um, hey. Actually, if, if they did, my wife would buy it, but they don't. Spam writes in and says, hey, this is a pretty basic question, but I would love to know what game or game makes you, for any reason, feel like a truly joyous gamer. Aww. Love you all, and good luck and love to Natalie. Aw, mm-hmm. thank you. Spam? Spam. Oh, yeah. thank you. Hmm. Joyous gamer. Yeah, what's the, when do you feel like your most joyous gamer self? This is a great question. When, do when I get miffed, defi- what is what is the? I think- <laughs> what? <laughs> when I get miffed, the fallen lord's running, and I get back to it, and uh-huh. like the first time I'm laying down satchel charges with a bunch of dwarves, <laughs> and like waiting for a bunch of like zombies in like ancient armor and carrying like medieval axes to wander over it, mm-hmm. and one of my little dwarves winds up and it's perfectly placed, and he. Throws the he throws the Molotov cocktail and detonate the satchel charges, <laughs> and it extinguishes in mid-flight because it just catches a bad gust of wind and uh-huh. it sort of bounces harmlessly. And then it's like, oh man, is this dwarf can get another shot off? And he does, but he catches himself at the edge of the blast radius, and the charges mm-hmm. in his own backpack go, go off. And there's like a sympathetic <laughs> explosion, so your dwarf right. is fucking everywhere. But then so are the zombie parts, right? And mm-hmm. that's me. <laughs> a joyous gamer too. Joyous Rob gamer. I have like, I've had a lot of joyous gamer moments. Yeah. In games that I've had very upset yeah. gamer moments. So like Bloodborne, I've had some of the like happiest times, but I've also just wanted to 
lay down on the floor and cry. <laughs> and same with games like Apex Legends yeah. and like anything that has like loss and like risk. So I wouldn't say any of those. I would say my most consistently joyous gamer game is probably Animal Crossing. Oh, um, sure. Because I'm just mm. like always like I'm just like in a good mood. Yeah. You know, I can always just go chat to someone and like have a fun little conversation or I don't everything's accomplishable. Everything feels like I can I can I have something to do that will make me happy. So I think it's I think it's Animal Crossing. That game feels like home. Yeah. 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 My most joyous shit is definitely like, I I I think a lot of it's what Rob just described with myth, which is like I have a plan and it goes wrong. Yes. Um, and I think like for me, like it's those are like the Far Cry twos. Those are the Breath of the Wild. So it's like anything gives me enough verbs. Mm -hmm. But if I'm being dead ass honest about just like when playing games, the broad category of games, do I feel the best? It is when. I am running a tabletop role playing game and a player says some shit that surprises me Aww. and like throw makes me throw my prep out and goes like, fuck, this is way better than what I had planned. <laughs> and like, all right, I get okay, I guess I'll figure out how to do this shit with a train now. I guess. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, that is when I'm my most like hyped and just like cheering at you know, in play mm. for sure. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kato? Um I feel like I have two answers because moment is absolutely any time we clear an encounter in a raid. Sure. Like every time. But like I feel like Destiny is a full game. Like there are definitely times when I'm playing that game where it's just like this is this is I'm zoning out to this, but I'm like I'm not paying attention to the game as much as like a podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. So moments, the raid moment, like game uh, Pokemon, mm. I, especially the more modern ones where you can pet the Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so fucking cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very joyous. Fair. Uh, so Fair. good. What about you, Pat? Uh yeah, I mean, there's like a there's definitely a through line. Like Souls is my like like mo like sort of like recent answer because but that ties into a long history of platformers being my preferred sort of type of game because I um I enjoy like the victory after a long defeat. Yeah. Like that is like sort of the thing I'm always, always chasing in games is like, I enjoy like the moments you're talking about in Bloodborne or any of those games where like you're laying on the floor, <laughs> just like so profoundly upset. And like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And then you get past it is like that arc is like just un there is nothing else like it. And the souls games distill that in like a very, specific yeah. way but it really is no different than like clearing like a really difficult path in a mario level or a spelunky like all those those sorts of games are charting along a similar path like the thing I, that brings me joy is like a wall in front of me and being like fuck you like i'll find my way up the wall and like getting to the top is like the part that brings me like i like being thrown back down and then like getting back up again and so like games that kind of like scratch at that little itch is 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 always my particular thing. It's like you're at the end of the Ninja Warrior course and it's like the big wall and you have to run up it and sometimes the first time even though you have the momentum you don't get all the way to the top and then the second time you do it or something, you know. 
Yeah. You're a ninja warrior. See, I feel like in in Souls, that's like the first match against a boss goes really well, and you're like, I got yeah. this, and then you play it a second time, and, and it goes very yeah. badly, <laughs> and then you spend three hours yeah. trying to recapture that casualness you had on the first yeah, one. Yeah, totally. Trying to relax, get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Danielle? I have a, a couple. I'll mm-hmm. make it quick, though. I'll make them concise. One of the things, as we talked about even earlier, is how much I love immersive worlds and just yeah. the sense and the feeling of being in a space in a place that is amazing and beautiful and or just fascinating and weird. Uh, and I think maybe because I've been watching a lot of speed runs of this, but like Wind Waker and Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild both do this so well of like, oh, you're, you're out in the open world now and yeah. you can go all over the place, but you know they're actually cool and interesting things. It doesn't feel like the theme park design of like, okay, I'm going to do one of four mission types or something. It's like wildly open like Mm -hmm. actually there's a lot of really cool things um that's one of them another one is is a certain thing i sort of wrote about the end of last year but just sort of how much i love into the breach and now i'm like 1500 hours in at this point and like the idea of like waking up looking at my email my cat gets on my lap she's purring Mm -hmm. she's like making biscuits on my lap and Mm -hmm. i'm like i start the game and i've got my coffee my like good ass coffee and i'm like I'm ready to seize this day. <laughs> I'm just going to play a couple rounds because this game makes me feel happy and good and competent. And the third one is just like one specific moment from very recently that I thought was like a, a just a very happy gamer moment for me was playing Hitman on the stream Aww. at save point which was so was much so fun. fun having heather next to me being like my coach <laughs> and i was like i was putting her through hell because she was like no that's not what i would do and she's trying to like keep it together and i'm just like what if i did this and it was just like an immersive sim it's fun heather's a friend it's wonderful she let me do an arm bar on her afterwards <laughs> it's true it was just like a really fun check moment the, of check the, the archive yeah yeah, no. yeah it was just a really fun moment for me of like oh my god this is this is so much of the fun of of being at Waypoint is like Aww. being able to have these really funny, you know, ridiculous things yeah. on stream and enjoy a game. I also really love this type of game. So mm-hmm. totally. that was a good one. That's a really good There's one. a quick one from Mason. I just need a yes, no from everyone in the room. You don't okay. have to say anything else. Is a hot pocket a stromboli? Danielle. What's a stromboli? Yes. It's like a hot pocket. Okay. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. I'm going to look. Yes. What? Wait, do you, people not know what a stromboli is? I think is it, it like counts. a cannoli. I'm just, I'm just reminding myself. It's, it's I wanna, savory. Like, I see a clear picture. It's a savory pocket of dough it's like a that has filling yeah. in it. Yes. Oh, but savory. Yeah. It's savory. Yeah. Is it okay. like a calzone? Yes. 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 It's very similar much so. to a calzone. Very much. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think a calzone is more like a hot pocket than a stromboli is. Yes. I think a calzone is actually Correct. more of like an empanada than. I think an empanada is like a hot pocket. But hot pockets. Look at the shape. <laughs> yeah. It's much more of a stromboli shape than and also you have to think about the No, you're not wrong. The shape is completely wrong. different. Mm-hmm. But I think Oh, they sell these things at Costco. They call them chicken bakes. Yeah, chicken bakes. Costco. Chicken bakes. So tr- chicken bake stromboli. stromboli. Yes. Yeah. I said yes Absolutely. or no. I think it's close enough. Yes. But yes. I yes. think it's close enough. I think we, what it is. Patrick and Rob. Patrick said. I already said uh, yes. What is Rob? Rob what is Rob? Rob's think? being very quiet. Yeah. Okay, Rob. Yeah. Thank you. There you go, Mason. There's your answer. Um, what do you think? One more? How are people feeling? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get a couple so more. more. Couple more. Oof. Friday pod. Let's just be quick. Pick, pick. All right, here we go. Then this is, like, this go is the one. Lightning Here round. we go. This is Song from time, baby. Aliana, who says, this question is for Nat. 
Can I please join your guild in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross? This is me proving myself as a constant Kingdom Hearts Union Cross player. I've attached a screenshot of me flexing my Kingdom Hearts Union Cross medals because hardcore. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you their screen here. You take a look. Can they join your guild? Oh, holy shit! Jesus yeah, Jesus Christ! One hundred percent. I'll hit you up. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm I'll gonna post this it. To you. I'm gonna post uh, my my guild in the. Um, <laughs> In the Discord later today, so stay tuned. A lot of numbers there. Nice. Um, Boy, there's a lot of, there's a lot of if you were a blank here. Someone wants to know if we were a vape juice, but I'm going to skip that one because I don't know enough about vape juice flavors. You just be tobacco? That's what I'm smoking right now. Okay. Again, not what you like. What would you be? Mm. Is it still tobacco? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Um, Does it actually taste like good tobacco? Is it, uh, is it? no. <laughs> Damn. Um, this one's uh, Virginia tobacco, but great. I don't know. It doesn't taste like a great cigarette. So this is uh, this is from Joe, who I'm going to broaden their question out a little bit. Okay. okay. Hello, all. Nomura asks you to give a Keyblade to any Disney or Square Enix character. Who do you give it to? Robin Williams from One Hour Photo, Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder. I'm going to go broader. If you can make anybody. Any character, a Keyblade wielder. Or anybody, anybody, fictional or non-fictional, a Keyblade wielder, who would it be? Go. All the responsibility and power that that comes with. Well, dude, you just get, like, if it's all open, if you just pick from anyone in Disney property, Dan Rydell. Wow. You know what? Dan Rydell deserves deserves a Keyblade. Why, Why Dan and not Casey? Okay, I think we both know why Dan and Casey. <laughs> Casey couldn't do it. Honestly, Casey couldn't handle it. Uh, Dan has the spirit of adventure that Casey does not. I can't believe we're talking about another fucking Sorkin show. I hate this so much. <laughs> Anybody else have a thought here? Yes. Okay. Casey Musgraves. Okay. Do you want to explain? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I would give Casey Musgraves a keyblade, and I would a- and she I would ask her to defend my life with it. I think that your life would be well defended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Danielle? I don't know what it means. It it's means- a powerful weapon that is based on the power of friendship. And it, like, protects against evil? Yeah. It can. It fights darkness. It can. How Some, good sometimes it can you, be used. I'll say bad, bad people bad can people. have it. Yeah. So I should probably ways. pick somebody who knows what to do with a sword. Uh, they can be magic. So you can also okay. pick someone who knows magic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I could pick somebody who knows magic. But also, if you can wield a key, you're making them a Keyblade wielder. Yeah, so, like, so they, they will, will inherit the skills. They might not be a master, but they'll be a wielder. They'll be able to figure it out, probably. Mm-hmm. Even if they, you know. So this is somebody I trust their judgment. Yeah, or you think it'd be interesting. Okay. <laughs> so it could be the opposite. Okay. Do you have it? I, you know, I think Jonesy the Cat from the Alien franchise. Yeah. Mm. Things would go different. Things would go different. <laughs> Things would have been different if Jonesy, Jonesy had been a fucking... survived. Uh-huh. Jonesy, but, but Jonesy was could fine. Have helped a lot of other people is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, Jonesy could have really could have taken the spirit of survival. This is true. Meowed at them. Yeah. And then saved everybody's life from Save, that yep. goddamn alien. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Kato, do you have someone? I'm thinking. Kato says no. Kato says. Patrick, do you have one? Kato's thinking of all the characters from yeah. Destiny 2. Yeah, just like everything. Too but it, no, but that's a bit Disney, right? I say no. We opened it up. We opened yeah, it I up. I said Casey Musgraves. Yeah, you said a real pop I'm star. S- 
I was wondering she, if there was some. Se- oh, I was wondering if that was you were not explaining. You were like you knew some secret about Casey Musgraves. Uh, yeah. like, oh, actually, you know I'm under NDA. Yeah. It's actually kind of a real world <laughs> Hannah Montana type situation. Yeah. Oh. I'm Casey Musgraves. Wow. Oh my god. That's where the job is. I fucking That's wish. It. That's where you're going. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, I'm staying at Disney anyway. I want to give a keyblade to Korg from Thor Ragnarok. Sure. <laughs> he is just a sweet, beautiful stone creature that just want is gentle and wants to help people. And I think I think he would. I think he can be entrusted yeah. with, with that keyblade. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very yeah. good. I think she would have a fucking dope keyblade. One. Yes. Two, we know she knows how to use the force. Yeah. I think having someone who like knows how to use the force and also has a keyblade would be very powerful yes. indeed. A hundred percent. I so, like that one. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Rob. Bro, how does she breathe in space? Fuck up. Because she has a keyblade. Magic! Because <laughs> she has a keyblade. Yeah, because she has the That's force. what Ryan Johnson will reveal yeah. later. Actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, please. Kingdom Hearts 4. Please. Put, give, put in Princess Leia. Yes. Give her a keyblade. Please. Yes. Oh my god. Please. Yes. This could happen. It could. Sir, no more. It won't. <laughs> no, more, no more, sir. No please. More, sir, please. Rob, do you have one? Oh my god! If that's what replaces Kotor. Hell yes. <laughs> in the last analysis, like, huh? Just okay. We're not doing. There's never been another Kotor game as long as you fucking live. However, but you wanna, yeah. Uh huh. However. We put the Star Wars characters <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's oh a it's a God. just a lightsaber in the shape of lightsaber a key. Exactly, love it. No, there'll be there'll be a Kotor world yes. in yes. Kingdom Hearts right. Four. Yes, key saber. Oh, that'd be great because you'd get Donald Duck dressed up like a Jedi, and you'd get Goofy dressed up like a Han Solo, like a like a oh very cute. Well, Actually, one of the, what was the the funny robot HK forty seven? Yeah, HK forty seven. Kotor's all right. Do you have one, Kato? Get her, do a remake. It, just give someone a remake of that game at yeah. the very least. I'm just circling around Pokemon, so I'm going to say Pikachu. Yeah, That's right. Give, give Pikachu, Pikachu a keyblade. Give Pikachu a keyblade. <laughs> <laughs> He's a detective. He can protect but people. Snorlax is the strongest and helps everyone. <laughs> that is true. Snorlax. Snorlax is in the way a lot. Have you oh have you oh not seen God. that video? Have you seen that video? What? Oh wow, we can't you do this here. Well, I'll we link you some. No, no let's, okay, let's, yeah, yeah, I'll link you Snorlax. I'll We've done it before. Yes. So wait, is Snorlax on un, balance though more of a pain in the ass than he is helpful? Because I always just assumed that he was big and friendly and like no. when no, like, I'm just action he kicks ass. Your encounter with him is that he is blocking your path. Yeah, yeah. in the game because he's sleeping because he's a he's sweet. in the way. And then he tries to he thinks you're food when you wake him up, so that's why he attacks you. In the movie, See, things go different. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got this on my mind because MK was telling me about that exact thing where Snor how Snorlax is in the in, in the games. Yeah. Uh, as a reason for explaining uh, why there's multiple redundant alarms and frequently I still have to go wake her up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fair. Fair. Good. She just needs, you're her pokey flute. Aww. 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 It's cute. Don't worry. It's good. It's It's a good thing. Um, Kato, did you think of one? did you think of a character? Oh, you you said said Pikachu. Pikachu. Wait, Patrick. Patrick said. No, he didn't. What was Patrick? Hang on. Kato punted. Oh, Korg. Okay, Kato was like, fuck it, Pikachu. But like, <laughs> there's no conviction there. There definitely wasn't. Kato, look at me in the eyes. Yeah. Which character would you give a Keyblade to? No, keep your eyes on me. You can do this. I can, we can do it. 
In your heart. Say what's in, in your, your heart. heart. May your heart <laughs> be my your guiding, guiding key. Be not in your my head. heart. It's a joke because it's Kyrie. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You know? Give Kyrie yeah. a keyword. Actually, though. Yeah. Let her use it one Please, time. Please, one time. <laughs> oh, I fucking am so mad about everything about that. Everything. All right. One more question. This is for real the last one. This okay. one comes in. Uh, from I have I, there's a whole bunch of questions here. I have a specific one in mind. Someone wrote us about swords twice. But we've already talked about keyblades. It's basically swords. Here it is. This one comes in from uh, Abdawak, who says, "Highway point. If you only had one game that you could put into the Library of Congress for future anthropologically inclined aliens to better understand humanity, what game would it be, and why?" Animal Crossing. Thank That's you a good for answer. Everything waypoint and best wishes to you. The joyous gamer, Keyblade Master Extraordinaire, Animal Crossing. Why? Thank you so much, Animal Crossing. Because one, friendship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, capitalism. Mm-hmm. Damn. Three, debt. That's four. <laughs> crushing debt. Yeah. Crushing debt. Five. No interest though. Becoming Land- be- landlords. <laughs> landlords. Six. Uh-huh. Becoming so wealthy that nothing matters. <laughs> wow. Uh, seven cute animals cute, and yeah. kind interactions. Uh, eight anthropological study, the museum. Dude, okay. <laughs> sure. Art. Art. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Fossils. Mm-hmm. Songs. Songs. KK Slider. Uh, yeah, them, music. So music K- KK Slider. Wow. Um, Agriculture, kind of the whole game. Animal uh, Crossing it, has everything. Has and everything. Uh, fishing. Uh huh. And etymology. 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 No. Entomology. 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 Vacations. Going to the island. Got to go to the island. And yeah. That's a good answer. That's, Shit. Yeah, that's actually a good answer. My immediate thought was not a good answer for the the purpose. Okay. Of like. It humanity, can be, your but purpose just like, can be whatever you want. Well, no, but the purpose was in the in the question. Let was, aliens know what's up with humans. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. but I was just like Undertale. I think mm. that's a good one because actually. It's, yeah, that's true. Well, they'd have to go through both paths. I guess you know. <laughs> Would they figure it out? I don't know. Would I don't they? know. I don't think they'd figure it out. They'd only attack. They'd only attack. You don't know that. You don't know they that they're first they play, you know what? You're right. Here's what they do. They'd go through. They'd attack. They'd be like, that was an okay game. Then they'd be like, what else do we have in here? Oh, Animal Crossing. They'd play Animal Crossing. They'd be like. I like being friends with cute animals. I don't have to fight them. I wonder if I could... And they'd go back to Undertale with the knowledge <laughs> they gained from Animal Crossing. Yes. And they wouldn't hurt anyone and they would do the pacifist playthrough and then their their hearts would open up wide and then they'd finally be ready to play... Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. By oh sleep, my God. Which is the one I put in there. <laughs> oh, yeah? I haven't played it, but I hear it's good. Okay. And so I'm going to put that one because it has... It has like my favorites in it. So yeah, all that's the faves. I want the aliens to know about my faves. Yeah. So that's it. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I support that. Thank you. Danielle, do you have one? Well, I wanted to make a case for Into the Breach mm-hmm. because it has a lot to do with, sure. uh, you know, humans are different. Mm-hmm. We all have very different personalities, skills, gifts, things we're good at on mm-hmm. the battlefield oh, and in gifts. life. I thought you said gifts. <laughs> we all have different gifts. We all have gifts. <laughs> What's your gift on the battlefield? Uh-huh. Uh, we sometimes join up with aliens yeah. in order to defeat a threat. Yeah. Uh, we fuck up a lot. More often than planet. we get anything right, we fuck up. Yeah. But we keep coming back. Damn. It really is about hope, determination. You, sh- you should play Undertale. Wait, have <laughs> you, you never played Undertale? 
I played the first hour and a half. That's I feel the like, like the week it, it came be out. Such a good, like even before it was like One a preview day. build you or something. You should get through it. It was I a preview build. I think, I I think you would enjoy it. I think I will. <laughs> One day. I think I will. It's a good answer. Um, Patrick, Rob. I think I know what Rob's answer might be, but I'm curious. I'm gonna write it down. No, I want to hear your guess. Can you guess first? No, but if I guess, am I, and then he changes it. I'm gonna write it down. That's here. Fine. I'm, ty- I'm gonna type it to Patrick. I've typed it, and I'm showing okay. it to Natalie. Okay. Uh-huh. What is it? Patrick and I should say it at the say same it time. At the same time. Can I? Say- yeah. Pat- yeah. Patrick. Oh, oh well, no. I- yeah. You guys should say it at the same time. Ready? Right. Yeah. When I say go. Oh, my God. One. <laughs> one? You started the count at one? You cannot. I was going to go one, two, three, go. Four, five, six? <laughs> Let me three, do it. Three, two, one. Okay. Zero. This is oh. on. Nat- let Natalie have let you have it. You say it however you want. Three, two, one, zero, go. Oh, my. Alpha Centauri. <laughs> You're for... Fuck! That's a better one. <laughs> you have to do Solos 4. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because Wait, what I'm thinking, that, like, what did Patrick okay. have? Nothing. Patrick, oh, right. He, he didn't yeah, guess. Yeah. He didn't not guess. on me. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. I, ty- I typed it to Patrick gotcha. just so we could all be clear yes. that I was being honest. Yes. Uh, no, Elvis and Tori's very good. I think we were both circling around the same thing, which yes. is when the aliens find what is left of the planet we used to inhabit <laughs> and the remainder of our civilization and wonder why the planet is overrun with, like, super resistant bacteria why it's flooded um why there's all these like you know cracked open lavishly appointed bunkers uh with just like you know bodies of people who died violent deaths uh and they're wondering like what happened here i think european Universalis four is a good place to like start unpacking that mystery right because european Universalis four is a game about uh in large measure, the period of time when Europe is beginning to discover a lot of parts of the world that it had not been previously aware of or had lost contact with. And it covers how that civilization and those societies encountered the world mm. and it's many wonders and many peoples. Yeah. Uh, now you get more on the nose and say Victoria would sort of capture maybe a more critical phase of the story. But I think EU four kind of explains why these people were the way they were mm-hmm. and why they sort of sowed the, sowed so many like toxic seeds uh, in that, in that period. I'm with you. I think it's a good answer. I, the reason I think, I expected Alpha Centauri not just because you love it so much, but also because it is it paints such a specific picture about the unfolding of history or about the way we came to understand our own history unfolding as being motivated by an intersection of material conditions and ideology. And that those things are not that 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 no ideology exists in a vacuum, that there's drift, mm-hmm. that there is a compromise, and I both mean that in terms of coming to compromises and also compromising one one's own vision. Um, and that we had like just d- the idea of these differing perspectives coming into conflict and being lived out through the interaction of people is like and also and also the ways in which we failed or struggled to engage with our environment directly. Um, I think Alpha Centauri does a good job of that. Mm. Even though it's a sci-fi game. I mean, we would be better off if they came and played Alpha Centauri and we're like, 
oh, these are the people. These specific fictional people were real human beings. We would be telling ourselves or telling them a better story about who we were than the actual complete joke of of history that we've lived through uh, ourselves. Mm. So we are the punchline. We are the punchline. Patrick, what's yours? Well, it seems like a lot of these choices are trying to represent the best of humanity, how we arrive there, and understanding when really, just put in Postal 2. Just oh a video God. game where you can just whip out your dick and piss on things. Because really, what is humanity at the uh-huh. end of the day, if not honestly, yeah. closer to Postal 2 yeah. than anything mm, else? You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. 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 That's how it be. Did you say Pokemon? What did you say, Kato? No, I had I said Undertale, but then I oh, right. came up with a better one, which oh. I have since lost. Oh. Yeah. Just <laughs> like us. <laughs> you know? We're, we're all more... Po- Don't worry. Kato just, just edited it in the post pod. Yeah. like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. it. Hold on. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, well, these are all fantastic answers. I'm happy with all of them. Thank Hang you. On. Yeah. Hang Hold on. on. Oh my god, Kato, that was such a great pick. Amazing. <laughs> Glad you remembered that. Good thank, thank you. Yeah, Rob. wow. Um, One go. <laughs> I think on that note, we're gonna wrap up here. Thank you. That car horn is for you, Natalie. You're wrong. Is that You're, you? That was no. New York. So at two o'clock, I think it is appropriate for this podcast, but at two o'clock every day. A school bus appears at a school in my neighborhood uh. to pick up some children, I think, to – like it's a daycare. I think there's sort of a midday switcheroo thing happening going on where like some kids are arriving and some are being taken home. But either way, this bus driver just leans on the fucking horn every day at 2 o'clock. Like there is no other communication apparently between the driver and the school except this driver just like raging out in the parking lot. <laughs> For up to five minutes until the, <laughs> there it is until the children until the children appear. appear. What if it's an alien and that's the only way they can communicate is through the the, the horn of a school bus? Then we what a nightmarish hell of existence. <laughs> uh, I have um, no mouth and I'm a scream. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Natalie, thank you so much for your service. <laughs> <laughs> for your leadership as our lore master uh, and for being part of the Waypoint family. You'll always be part of the Waypoint family. People can find you on Twitter. <laughs> Natalie Watson. <laughs> this bus horn is going to kill me. Uh, it's the only appropriate send off. It's true. Thank you so much again to everyone who's been listening. We've had a really great two years of Natalie and I cannot wait to see what she does next. Um, you can find the rest of the team on Twitter at I'm at Austin Walker. Danielle, how about you? At Danielle or I. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Patrick. <laughs> at Patrick Rob. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> at Rob Zachary. Follow everything that we do here at Vice Games slash Waypoint at Twitter. I don't know what to fucking say yet. It's Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Vice.com slash Games. You can still go to Waypoint.Vice.com. It will redirect. That's how I'm doing it. Uh Uh-huh. Forever. Um, Forever. 
forever ever. Waypoint forever. Forever ever? I, I fucking forever? hope so. I hope those redirects stay up. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can also follow uh, uh, Bowen. You can find out more about Bowen who did the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Waypoint.zone also should still work, by the way. Um, I think that's it. Natalie, do you want to have the last word? Do you want anything to say? Do you have anything left? I'll just say, because I couldn't say it last pod because I was crying too much, that this has been the most wonderful experience. This has been the most wonderful job. I love you all very, very much. And uh, shout outs to... um, I'm just, I'm so lucky to have gotten to have experienced what it's like to be a part of such an incredible community, um, to, I'm so happy I got to meet so many of you at PAX this year. I'm so happy that, um, you know, we were able to do Save Point last weekend and raise over $160,000 for Trans Lifeline. Um, I'm happy we got to do Save Point last year and raise over $60,000 for the Florence Immigration Project. Um... I'm happy we got to do Bloodborne streams. I'm happy we got to demolish Danielle and Kato and Mario Party. I um, can't even believe it. I'm happy. I, I can. It was really good. I'm happy for Boat Jazz. I'm happy for Hot Mike Mornings. I'm happy for Breakfast and Battlegrounds. Natalie now trying her best to make me cry. Aww. I'm happy for, for it all. It was all very, very special, and I'm going to miss it a lot. Big same. So, um... Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Do you want to say the thing? What? Bye? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. our very catchy sign off. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for stopping. Bye. Bye. Oh. <laughs> oh, um, uh, okay, everyone. In the uh, immortal words of, of Danielle, be good and be good at it. Also, peace? Yeah, you did, oh, I did both? both. You did do it all. Okay, peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. <laughs> no, it's not real. It's got to end on a question mark. mark. That's the canonical. Peace, peace. <laughs> dot, 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 question mark, the end. Who could say? Who could say? Perhaps. <laughs> who could say? It's, yeah, who could say? <laughs> who could say? But not everybody knows about the time of day thing. Sure. Right. Yeah, so sure. that's why looking into your birth chart is so crucial because you actually find out a lot more. And I think Rob has some. Yeah, definite- I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll see you guys in a second. <laughs> I think Rob has What an some- Aquarius. That was an Aquarius. <laughs>
hardest thing Big to do. Aquarius. He's going to go carry some water. You know what I'm saying? He's about to. <laughs> to the bathroom. He's already been carrying it. He's bearing it. Yeah, he's, he's bearing, bearing, it. bearing it right now. True water true. bearer right there. Uh-huh. Um, I bet you have some Scorpio in your chart. I thought and you were some, saying blood. And right? some Virgo, I bet. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting some. Is there a good, is there a, a chart? Place that you I could do it right now. You could do it right now. Okay, yeah. I know where I know when I was born because it was a weird time. Oh, wow, really? really? Okay, what are you counting? Twelve oh six a.m. What? But what's your? What's uh, your Aquarius? On, You're also on. an Aquarius. Yeah. Triple Aquarius. Fuck three yeah, waves. Aquarius. Three three uh, water bearers. Ready for this? But also air. Yeah, exactly. February right. 14, 1989. Okay. So, do we have no earthbenders? We got no okay. earthbenders in wait, here. Wait, you're the 14th. Mm-hmm. I'm an. Wait. You were born like Earth? an hour no, and a half an after. We have no earthbenders. Really? You were we like had 11 Danica. on the 13th? Yeah. We're unbalanced. No. Something, yeah. 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 On a fire. <laughs> right. So, we've never had an. Wait, what's Mike Diver? Yeah, we're going to have to figure out what Mike is. I mean, this is why Waypoint failed. Scorpio is Scorpio and. Too much air. Too much air. Too much air and fire. Wait, what are you, 1980? Wow. Okay. We wait. We have no water either. We have no water. No. I have earth. a lot of Pisces in me in my chart. In your chart, I have it's some. It's not my son. But. It's like twelve oh six a.m. Twelve oh six. Got you. I yeah, have got you. six minutes. Where were you birthed? New Jersey. Nice. Nice. Jersey, Jersey boy. Jersey mm-hmm. boy. How do you spell boy? that? I didn't know you were born in oh, Jersey. I found it. I found it. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't. I lived here Funny. in like I lived in. Until I was four, so I All right, ready barely for this? remember anything. I'm ready. Ooh. <gasps> okay. All right. I'm worried now. I'm at charts. Mm. Okay, so your moon sign is Gemini. Gemini. Yeah, which means that let's go. Let's go into the analysis aspect. Um, where is it? We're still here, Patrick. <laughs> All right. so, it turns out my coffee doesn't have that much in it, so. Okay, ready? Lunar Geminis are usually pleasant, witty, and charming people. Well, huh. At home with family, however, they can be moody and irritable at times. Oh no. People with moon and Honestly. Gem- <laughs> Honestly. People with moon and Gemini. I'm the eldest always- of four, so yeah, there you it go. happens. Are always interesting people. They have a finger in every pie, are curious to a fault, and are generally well informed. Nervousness and worry are common traits with this lunar position. Aww. An underlying <laughs> restlessness is common, and many lunar Geminis need more stimulation than others. They usually read a lot, talk a lot, and think a lot with this airy, mutable position of the moon. <laughs> Their homes out. are often a perpetual work in progress. There was. You, you are always like Their homes fixing are often a perpetual work it's true. in progress. Yeah. Painting stuff and uh, building stuff. They generally dislike housework, but are big on home improvement. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're right through them. You like How? the big projects. This is fucked up, because every time I look at anything Aquarius, I'm like, this doesn't seem right. You gotta keep But this it. shit. Mm-hmm. The trick <laughs> is, you put 13 things on a page, at least two of them are gonna line up. No, it's because <laughs> your moon sign rules like your emotions. Okay. And then you're Wait, right. Is this, is this Aquarius saying that I I don't like to do house no. chores? No, that's no. This is Gemini. This, this is, is this is specifically. I say I love me some house chart. chores. Right. We'll see. Do you I, know love, what, I love do you washing know, dishes. Do you know when you were born? Do you know what time? Like time of day and and also uh, city. Well, I know it's February seventh. Um, okay. Well, I don't. Part, I hope you pull do. out your birth certificate. <laughs> Rob, do you have yours? You know it is literally sitting in a box over here, but I'm not going to. Go get it. Go, go, go get it. It's right there. <laughs> this, is it. this is Natalie's last. You have to do it. We need radio. to know. Just go peek. <sighs> we can, 
Yeah. Also, your camera isn't working. Your camera's not working. Oh, uh, fix the in. camera. <laughs> oh, what happened? I don't know. So what what do you need from me, Natalie? I need your birth time, please. Uh, eight forty-five p.m. Okay. And also Ooh. location. There we uh, go. I guess it's close enough. Mm, be specific. Wow. I'll make sure this is not going in. Yeah, places. I won't put. Wait, what is it? We should. You should put in the astrology parts, but not these parts. You should bleep. Well, out. Yeah, I will bleep out yeah, any yeah, yeah. sensitive Cities. information. How do you spell? All right, and what's your date of birth? Okay. And the last four of your social. <laughs> Mother's maiden name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eighty. Name of your first. Wait, eighty-three. <laughs> yep. Okay. This is Rob. Mm. I never use it because I've only ever had one pet. You could probably f figure that out. <gasps> okay. I had a little German Shepherd called Lucas before you <gasps> left. I told you every time she looks at the chart, she makes that sound. Okay. <laughs> Right, this I got is two. Might as well go for Brock. Patrick, wait. Oh, Jessica's yeah. exciting. Okay. Patrick, wait. We're on Rob. We're looking at Rob. So Rob okay. is. Well, what? I can Please. I can set up your chart while we go. Okay. No. Oh, what? Let's just finish. Let's Rob. just finish okay, Rob. I'll, I'll finish Rob. Okay. Wait, Rob. What was your sun sign? What is Rob's sun sign? Leo. Also, like me. So here's where we're gonna differ. Yes, your moon sign is Gemini. Oh, okay. Well, just so, like Cato. Just like Cato. Right. Your mm. moon sign. Uh, is all the same shit that I said before. <laughs> Let me go back. So like, likes home improvement, hates housework. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Fucking check. Well, yeah. There's some other shit in there. I'm sure it was uh, more important than that. Okay, here we go. Uh, reorganizing their homes in little and sometimes big ways seems to make them happy as lunar Geminis are easily bored by both routine and constancy. Often mm. this is a reflection of their inner world. The grass is always greener applies here. Inwardly, lunar Geminis are often unsettled. Moon and Gemini parents, oh, you're not a parent yet. Uh, others complicated emotions. Oh, here's a good one. Others complicated emotions in general can be difficult for lunar Geminis to handle. In their families, lunar Geminis often take on the role of organizing get-togethers. They are they are at their best when they have plenty. This isn't me. Plenty of what? Things, what? Every time, okay. Plenty of things to do beyond routine. Every time you come here, you're like, all right, I got dinner figured out. Let, hold okay, on. Hold on. okay. Let Wait. me figure out the how what we're gonna do for the next three days. Moon and Gemini people almost always have a way with words. They are clever and witty, and more often than not, can be found chatting with others. They are sociable and friendly, and feel comfortable in crowds. Some pay too much attention to what everyone else is doing and lose touch with what they really want to do. Mm -hmm. Generally, lunar Gemini's have a million and one projects going. They're impressionable folk, and their imagination is boundless. Okay, but do you have some like drag shit? You have. What's Your rising you sign. Oh. And rising signs are what again? Your rising sign is usually what you... It's like how you present. Yes. It's like it's like it's the... like your outward sort of self. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. So your ascendant is in Aquarius. Yeah. Um how unique and original Aquarius rising natives come across. These individuals are just that, individuals, and they mm. won't let you forget that fact. Mm. Often turned to for advice, these natives possess intellectual poise and savvy. They are they are often curious and quite learned, learned, in both <laughs> science and metaphysics, which is not... Yep. <laughs> Anything that involves advancement of the human race holds much of peace. Where are you reading this from? <laughs> 
It's this hard. is why I have an app. I don't trust your website at all. Your your website sometimes gets into some language that I don't like. Yeah, no, it can be a little sketch. Well, the app is the best. The app that I have is the best version. You have of a it. different app, but than I just me? didn't want to add everyone to my app. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, up, can we talk about Patrick's? Yeah, shit? we can go to Patrick's. Patrick, what is your birthday? Yeah. We're gonna edit uh, this part out just so you know, Patrick, so you feel safe. Yeah. Oh, Wait, it's I got fine. a completely different result. Than... What did you get? So I'm you on put- astrosofa.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> Y'all gonna get co-star. Maybe that's less prestigious. Like maybe this is like bargain You're barrel. Astro couch. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, at, like astrofood. You put the time in right, right, Natalie? You yeah. do like put a.m. versus p.m. or something? No, wait. Let me. I have my whole chart right here. Where? Yeah. Where's your time? Your I got good shit. Moon and Cancer. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll double check There's it in so my actually good calculator, but for now. Calculator. Yeah, because what I got was Ascendant get... Pisces and mm. Moon Leo. And that feels a little bit. I don't oh, know. so you're, wait, your sun and your moon are in Leo. Okay, hold on. Now this I... other one. Wait, I just put you as rib, not rib. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's the that's problem. Now I need, wait, did you put. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like I put both in, and it gave me the same result. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. My Lilith is Pisces. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, Pat, what's your birthday? Uh, February 7th. Okay. February 7th. What year? Okay. What time were you born? Okay. Ooh, mm. Nice afternoon. That's a good one. Not a, not a nice afternoon. I was a very long birth. My mom oh. resents me for oh, it. God. Wait, what you were? You said? Yeah. Are you double checking my? No, I was double checking mine. I'm a. Oh, that's oh. interesting. Um, not the same where day were you or born? <laughs> uh, oh. Ooh. 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 There are a lot of in the United States. Let me tell you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Did I do it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> take a drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So your sun sign's obviously Aquarius. Which means, can we just, because we have so many Aquariuses here, I don't know shit about Aquariuses. They are some <gasps> of the more confusing signs for me. Because, like, Leo, I get real quick. Like, Leo, it's like, it's a Rob and I are both Leos, and the way that people talk about Leos is, is like, you're proud, you want to be the center of attention, you're very focused on, like, uh, entertainment and, like, um, uh, part, like, not parties necessarily, but, like, bringing people together and, like, having a good time. And you also have, like, an ego and yes. can be – have very – like, you're very tender. You you bruise – your ego bruises easily, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I know, but the, I don't know shit about two, Aquarius. The too long don't read of Aquariuses are they're very independent, okay. autonomous, and yeah. have progressive ideas. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, boom, boom, Clearly. boom. Yeah, sure. Done. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Um, How come they don't have like the ne- the downside? Why don't they, they have any negatives? The, way they the, the negatives you. are right here. Weaknesses, an unusual, rebellious, and revolutionary spirit. Those are good things. This is <laughs> the way you play. Yeah, fuck you. Hold on, hold on. to my job. The way you need to read that is contrarian sometimes. Here's, okay. here's right? the way that I have Like rebellious without actually, like I've done this before in arguments where I'm just like. Stubborn. 
Okay. Yeah. That's, isn't that Aries? Is Aries not stubborn? Yeah, but a different kind of stubborn. I guess a lot of people can be stubborn. Different yeah. kind of stubborn. Um, I'm not trying to drag my aloof, Aquarius friends. Aloof. Yeah. Standoffish sometimes. Mm. Um, it's difficult to throw Aquarians for a loop. They're generally on top of things. Um, True. Aquarians. They will treat people from all walks of life as equals. Equality and fairness are hallmarks of the sign. If you're quirky and different, the better. This is perfect. Okay, so your moon sign, Patrick, is mm. Virgo. Whoa. Which okay. is very interesting. Okay. <laughs> Lunar Virgos find security in the little things in life. They feel most content when they've straightened out all the details of everyday life. Many of them enjoy running errands, paying bills, and balancing the books. They take care of these things happily, although some won't let on. In fact, many lunar Virgos are quite practiced at nagging and complaining. As long as they are appreciated, wow. however, Drag. these people will help you take care of your life, too. They are at their best when they feel useful and needed. It's some, if somebody needs help, they're generally the first to jump out and take on the task. Um... That's pretty, uh, yeah, not far off. Some people with, okay, here's the dragging. Some people with Virgo moons are accused of being underachievers. While it may be true that lunar Virgos can lack self-confidence, many are, quite simply, content with living regular, unassuming lives. That's not a drag. I think no. about that every day. <laughs> You're like, what if we just, what if I just disappeared? What if no one knew who the fuck I was? What if I, I, did, what if what I, if I didn't I have accountant? to have... <laughs> What if I didn't have to have leaked photos thrown in my face every right? single day as part of my job? <laughs> yeah. Oh they appreciate simplicity and are most often comfortable when they're not getting too much attention from the world at large. <laughs> Lunar Virgos are easily overwhelmed by pressure and stress. They worry incessantly mm -hmm. when there's too much to think about and they know their limits. Arguably the worst position for a lunar Virgo is without a steady routine or a simply satisfying job. They need to feel useful, da-da-da. Um, they need a f they need something to call their own and the space to do what they want to do. The unhappy lunar Virgos are fussy and complaining sorts. They are victims of routine and freak out when their plans are not being followed. They are restless and nervous and can't seem okay. to see the big picture. Perhaps the best remedy for these people is a job or hobby in which they can express their deep need Ooh. to analyze, attend to details, and micromanage. Just I feel for, like that's not Patrick at all. Patrick and then, and then we go details, into and then we go into like yeah. your your love life, which, which I can, we can stay away from. We can yeah. stay away. From. We don't need the audience to hear that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, don't no spoilers, please. No spoilers. <laughs> your rising sign. Let's go to your ascendant. Oh, is Cancer? Okay. So same as someone else. Oh, oh you, my moon your rising sign is, is my moon. Oh, sign your is moon cancer. is Cancer. Your rising. My rising is, is Libra. Also, oh, interesting. Interesting. That is really interesting, actually. Um, Ooh. <laughs> okay, so your ascendant in Cancer means these people come off come across as gentle creatures. There's something familiar about them. They're the guy or gal next door. <laughs> When they enter a room, they don't walk in with a splash. Instead, they move to the sides and weave their way and inwards. They weave to the sides and put on a Sora outfit. There you go. And re-enter. These people have a familiar feel to them. Because they are rather sensitive to their environment, they can get flustered easily, especially uh -huh. in public. Their first instinct when, th on, when threatened or on unfamiliar ground is to protect themselves. When new situations present themselves, they can the immediately withdraw or act shy. You know, that means you're goofy. The shield. Wow. Generally, these people 
people come across as caring people. They seem quite sweet, even innocent. You know what's honest? Like, true facts is we've had a long debate about who's Goofy and who's Donald. My so- my fucking, my chart is extremely Donald and Patrick's is extremely Goofy. True. There you go. It's so, true. And it's the opposite of how we were assigned. I know. I know. We might have to retcon this. I need to wreck on this. Look, that, that's, that would be very much within Kingdom Hearts. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, if you want to drag... Kingdom Charts! Kingdom Charts is, is our newest <laughs> horoscope podcast. Yeah. Um, Special guest, Sarah. I'll drag myself through. now She'll because I've dragged through. everyone else. Yeah. So, cancel. Go to my chart. Cancel. Natalie. Uh, my chart. Aspects. Here we go. All right. So my son is in Libra, obviously, mm-hmm. which means I hate confrontation. I can't make a decision. Um, I try to see. Um, uh, um, I try. I I look for equality. Wait a second. You don't get to do yours. Why? Because you can read mine. Oh uh, yeah, I, right I get here. to read yours. Okay. You know, because you can. You're gonna put some spins on it. Wait, no, I'm not. All right. So wait, your son is in Libra. Yeah. Which means like. You're a centrist, basically. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> gotta see both right? sides. It's like basically gotta see both sides. No, like, it's not like, it's like I want, it's like I have, um, you'll go I out of your like way to see... avoid a quarrel. Yes. Mm. You'll have a hard time making a decision. Yes. Mm. I told you uh, these things already. Uh, you forever hope that all parties in a conflict will be satisfied and you have a tendency to understand and support both sides of a dispute, oh. <laughs> which, can, which can drive your friends crazy unless they are smart enough to value the mediation you naturally centrist provide. Centrist gamer. Uh-huh. No. I'm just saying it's fine. I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. Uh, so your moon is in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? The moon in Aquarius gives socially minded and progressive personality. You're charming and gracious. You can also be somewhat unstable or erratic in your behavior. Mm-hmm. You are consistently kind to other people, but you may come across as a somewhat cold and distant because you have a mental rather than emotional nature. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Who desire to be an active force for good in the world and are likely to achieve that lofty aim. Aww. This is did you write this for yourself? <laughs> this is all very funny. You have great originality in your thoughts. You could benefit from spending more time with your emotions. Ooh, yeah. Drag. I don't see them. Drag. I haven't seen them in a while. Um and then your Merc wait, your what's the, the ascending? It's, ascending it's, is yeah, down it's here. my Sagittarius. Yeah. Sign. Sagittarius rising people are direct and forthright, good natured and optimistic. Your ruling planet is Jupiter. You all okay, sure. You all I didn't mean something. Something. You always know where one stands with you. Uh, you always know where, where one stands with you. You come across as honest and forthright. You have a strong moral nature. You're also fun-loving and enjoy a good laugh even at your own expense. I love a good laugh. As, even at your own expense. Oh, Sagittarius yeah. is associated with idealism, religion, and philosophy and the quest for freedom. Yeah, mm. There you go. Yeah. That's definitely like – Again, rising is like your outward persona. Yeah, it's it's the outward, way you want to yeah. show yourself to the world. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucked up. I got, Why? got born with a fucking moon in Scorpio. So Yeah, you oh. are so chaotic. It's bad news. It is bad news. Stay so, away from Scorpio. I'm, I'm not a Scorpio. I'm a Leo. But the idea of a Leo with any Scorpio energy is terrifying to me. <laughs> it is. And I am one. Some of my best friends and mortal enemies are Scorpio. Yeah, wow. Scorpio is the most intense. My father is a Scorpio. My mother is a Virgo. And I think that shows in who I am. They're uh, some of the hardest people to read. Yeah, they're like super internalized. Uh-huh. Like all their th- they don't let on to mm-hmm. anything, and that is why I'm that. <laughs> For what it's worth, my rising is in Libra, so I present as a centrist. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm not go. really one. 
Wow, you know what but I mean? you just playing the game. I'm just playing the. I'm out here playing the game. I think that's true. Ian Bogost once called me like a compatibilist, a, a, a compatibilist to a fault, always looking f- to try to de-escalate any argument by finding common ground. Mm. He was trying to drag me. Wow, so, you know, yeah, just go into Austin DMs and see the conversations he's had with complete this fucking is, monsters this for is an hour. Completely true. Jesus. Yeah, but they come away. They come away thinking different. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm sure they do, Austin. <laughs> if, we had, if I had a Patreon, sure they'd come they away do. backing it. So uh, it's all about a game. It's all about the game and how you play it. You know, I learned that somewhere. Whatever you got to tell yourself about that <laughs> three three a.m. chat with Trash Fire sixty nine. That's listen. Trash Fire sixty nine has some good ideas. <laughs> um, Truly, should we do a pod? And this isn't the pod? Oh, I thought this is the pod. Are we here? We're here. Hi. We do need Wait, a clap. We haven't clapped yet. Clap. Were okay. y'all recording? I recorded I was, about yeah. 10 minutes into it. I okay. didn't record okay. most of it. That's fine. That's that's enough. We got enough. I'll, I'll figure it out. Danielle. Ready. And, you, can, and, you, and, and I, you said that you, you can't put it in the post pod as long as you take out the identifying information. I don't, I don't care if yeah, you yeah. share that information. I wish you to pass this over because Danielle just has her chart on day. I'm ready to go. Mm. I'm a queer woman who has been in the dating scene in New York City. You know what? Fair. I I don't. Personally, I'm not super, super into this stuff personally. But again, I, I am a queer woman in the dating scene. You got to you got to have it on. You got to have it. You got to have at it any ready. given time. You could be asked. I can't even tell you how many dates I've been on where people asked me all of these things. So I've had to be like, here you go. I did the thing. Here, here, here it is. Mm, here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. All right. Individuals born under a cancer moon have a sentimental streak and are ar- arguably yeah. the most emotionally sensitive of those born under moons. Probably. But when hurt, they clam up or go on the defense. <laughs> uh, uh, even if the cancer moon isn't saying anything, others will feel their presence and whatever emotions they're feeling. So you have like a very strong like ability to communicate emotion without having to communicate it with just like your vibes your vibes you have strong vibes um those lucky to have them in their lives can enjoy warm affection and a sense of intimacy for them every encounter is meaningful and it gives weight to all of their relationships they have strong maternal instincts and love to take care of everyone especially the vulnerable um (laughs) it's true each life experience is remembered as an emotional impression and held on to forever this is a blessing and a curse correct a moon cancer may (laughs) forgive but they never forget so you have a very imaginative spirit. Their powerful memories can be woven into story, music, and an art that pulls the heartstrings of their audiences or loved ones. Um, a homebody, those with moon and cancer refill the well at home and need a solid, solid base of unflagging support. Um, if you consider a dojo my home. Yes. Yeah. 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 Then that's a dojo's correct. Like a, 100%. a home can be a, a home dojo. can be a dojo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, you're, so cancers are, are very emotionally driven signs in general. So when mm-hmm. you have a cancer in your moon, which is like your emotional how, like that's your emotional aspect or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's just like double the emotion. Yeah. So that's why it's interesting. But that's oh, fair. It makes sure. you like a very sensitive person, very like adept to like taking on other people's emotions as well, sometimes to a fault, but also very empathetic in a very good way. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I think, that's, I think that's right. I have a lot of Scorpio and a lot of, I think, Pisces in the rest of my chart. Mm-hmm. You have, yeah, you do have some Scorpio, which makes you chaotic. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, where's your rising? Here we go. Is your rising also Sagittarius? 
Or what would you say your rising? Oh no no no, it's, it's Capricorn. It's, yeah, Capricorn. It's your Saturn. Oh no, your Jupiter, right? So Capricorn, corn rising. I'm learning so much today. You're welcome, everyone. I'm <laughs> glad you, you guys feel Thank you, like we're spending my last day totally doing things that are worthwhile. <laughs> so the Capricorn rising personality is um. Wait, this is a fucking tool. <laughs> Your Senate is Capricorn, starslikeyou.com. Okay. Oh, no. Let's go to Cafe Astrology. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Here we go. All right. So Capricorn Rising. There's a seriousness to Capricorn Rising people that is unmistakable. Even when they're joking around, it's of the deadpan variety. In fact, many, plenty of very humorous people have Capricorn Ascendance. It's all in the timing and the fact that they don't giggle before the joke is over. Capricorn ascendant people project competence. They simply ooze it. They're very, they're generally very image conscious people. The clothes they wear and their manner are a big deal to them if they want to appear successful and generally. Eh, this isn't. I uh, don't know about any of of this. Am one. I looking at the wrong? I thing? think so. I feel like that's not right. What I feel like your sources aren't aren't there. Is your rising? <laughs> it's it should just be. Hmm. Your planet is your rising. It should just be like. Ascendant or like a little arrow situation. Is it the ascendant? There's two sides to my chart, and one of them is like ascendant underneath all my planets, and oh. then the next one on the other side has like all the declinations and whatever. So I'm not sure which one of them is the thing. To- I don't know this. You're very complicated. I took chart. a picture. Wait, no, didn't you say your ascendant is Libra? So it's the. I took a screenshot. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. This is very. Here, I'll figure this out. Okay, Danielle, going. you're a mystery. I may have ruined you've, you've the stars. Broken the, you've broken the stars. I'm sorry, everybody. We are all made of stars, and I broke them all. No, it is your Jupiter. So it is Capricorn. Hmm. It's all right. None Two out of three, three ain't bad. You. you know what? Yeah. I'm very Aquarius. I'm very Cancer. So mm. sometimes two out of three. Hmm. Rising is not your Jupiter. Jupiter's a different thing. Mm. Jupiter's a different thing. Hmm. That's my phone. Jupiter is a different thing because hmm. my Jupiter is in Aquarius. Ooh. And also Jupiter is just like. So this is it. The ascendant is co- is considered the mask one wears when yeah. meeting others. It is like the automatic oh. responses to one's re- environment. So it may not be who you truly are, but it's like what's your like gut reaction or like your immediate sort of how are you forward facing? To- that makes me feel better about being rising in Libra then. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like if I meet someone, I don't know who the fuck they are. I don't yeah, know you don't want to like piss someone off. I'm not off. ready to piss somebody off yet. Like let me know what their deal is. I'll play both sides and a little bit. And then you'll tap into my like dad, your, dad, what's Scorpio your Mars? Scorpio moon. My Mars? I don't know what my, my fucking Mars is. What's my Mars? Leo. Leo. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob is insane. Right your Mars is like your combative sign. It's like how oh. you engage in, with other people both like in intimacy and also – like how you engage with other people in like argument or debate and things like that. So your gotcha. Mars is a very interesting thing. I think my mm. Mars is also okay. Thank you, thank you for the read. Thank oh, you. my Mars is in Scorpio. <laughs> <gasps> so is mine. I forgot. Surrounded by my Scorpio. Mars is in Scorpio. <laughs> I'm easily influenced by others. <laughs> uh, anyway, God. what's Lilith? Can I just ask one more question? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Who no could I'm not. I'm not that no experienced. Problem. We Don't need. We it. need to get Sarah David in here. We really should. We I was really just talking should. to her right before the podcast. I'm sure we could uh-huh. get her down here. Can yeah. you just read all of our birth charts, please? please. <laughs> um, yeah, she has some serious knowledge of of um, 
astrology. That she truly does. I do not. We should take a look at that game. Which one? Astrologies? Astrologaster. I think Astrologaster. I'm going to. I, I think I'm going to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What is it? Oh, it's the comedy. Yeah, I yeah. saw this at Pax. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We should do a clap. We should do a clap. You should do the clap. All right. Uh, 51. Wow. Good clap. Yeah. Thanks for indulging me, everyone. I appreciate it. It was fun. That was good. What'd you say, Rob? You didn't even have a what? Didn't even have it open. (laughs) What? Wow. (laughs) Never mind. Okay. (laughs) I thought. No, I mean, I got it. Like, I didn't know I you got, got it. it. Perfect. It opened on 50, clapped it. on 51. Oh, oh okay. I thought so you, you were like, did. No I, way. I felt At the it point out. you clapped, no have way. it open. God. Amazing. Yes, no, the clap is synced. But yeah, no, when you called the time, I hadn't opened the tab. I will. I felt <laughs> so like your you inner astrology, ca- the cosmos <laughs> came out. It's true. This All is right. the appointed hour. So here, here's the clap. <laughs> All right. Speaking there is of- no God, but don't worry. He'll help you clap. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we? 